Today's Survivor Podcast is sponsored by Swagbucks. Find out how to get 14% cash back when you go Halloween shopping at select retailers by going to swagbucks.com slash R-H-A-P. Coming to you live from my apartment. It's Rob has a podcast, and now here's a guy who's always a hot mess, Rob Sesternino. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rob has a podcast. It's our big Thursday Survivor wrap up show, and we've got a very, very fun podcast for you guys here today. I hope you're locked in because we have a really, really fun show. First off, we're going to be speaking with Eliza Orleans, who is one of the most opinionated survivors about almost any subject. We're going to talk to her and hear what she has to say about episode number four and, of course, all of the hijinks with Drew. And then we're going to talk to somebody who was one of the really fun players from last season, Bryce Isaiah. Johnston is going to be joining us on the podcast, and we're going to talk to him and play your voicemails and go through all of the Survivor social media. And plus, in between, Jordan Kalish is going to be back to talk about this week in Survivor history. So we're going to hit up Jordan and find out what are the things that happen on this week in Survivor history. So it's a very, very fun week to talk about Survivor because we had a lot of craziness that happened on the episode last night. Stephen Fishback and I went through it all on Survivor Know-It-Alls. I vented a little bit, feeling better today about everything that happened. I had a very fun interview with Drew this morning. You could check that out on robhasawebsite.com. Drew was not thrilled uh, with how the episode came out last night. I guess and rightfully so. But you can hear my conversation with him, of course, at robhasawebsite.com. Also, You can make sure you never miss an episode when you subscribe to our iTunes feed at robhaswebsite.com slash iTunes. Now, some really exciting news just happened today, something that kind of blindsided me, but something that's really, really cool, that CBS has announced a app which you can get on your phone and also on your iPad and I believe also on the computer, Uh, but it is called the CBS All Access app which allows you to it's a paid service it's 5.99 a month but the back catalog of all the CBS reality shows I believe and again I, I could be wrong it just came out today uh Survivor Big Brother Amazing Race all the past seasons all the current episodes I actually signed up for it I checked it out every all 29 seasons of Survivor are there which is really huge this is huge. I needed this. We needed it. And so really, really cool thing that just came out. Before you go ahead and jump in and sign up for it like I already did, uh, I then found out later on this afternoon that they're going to be doing a special uh, affiliate link where I believe that you'll be able to get 30 days for free. So they're going to give us that link later on. So I'm going to have that up on the website. So if you want to hold off a couple of days before you sign up for this, if this is something that you're interested in, all of the back catalog, it's, it's it's a pretty cool thing that basically anything you see on CBS, you can get on this app. You don't have to have cable or DirecTV. If you're a cord cutter, uh, like some people are, you can check this out. But anyway, they're going to have a special coming up soon uh, that you can get a free month. And also, I believe you're going to be able to watch the Big Brother live feeds through this during uh, the summer 
of 2015. So just a really cool thing that came up and it's going to really just give you access to so many more people of all the back catalog seasons of Survivor, which is just really, really fun for everything that we get to do. All the seasons are just going to be available to everybody. And I think a lot of people are going to be able to watch the old seasons for the first time. So cool, cool stuff. All right. Speaking of the old seasons, let's get into this. All right, everybody, we are going to have a lot of fun here today with somebody who has been a great guest of Rob Has a Podcast in the past and is now back with us. It's been 10 years since we first got to know this person on Survivor, and here she is back on Rob Has a Podcast. Please welcome two-time Survivor and the greatest juror of all time, Eliza Orleans. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thanks for that introduction, Rob. Yes. What a great introduction. I'm so excited to be here. Very excited to have you back on, Eliza. And really, sometimes, like I said this last night, that, you know, the survivor gods smile down on us sometimes. And to have you here at this time is, is just, we're, we're very, very lucky. I mean, I feel like I couldn't have gotten luckier with, like, how much I get to, you know, bash the idiot contestant who got voted off last night. I'm super excited about the episode and to talk about it with you. Good. Well, very excited to get into all things Survivor with you. But first, how are you doing? Everything good? Yeah, I'm great. What's new in your world? Um, oh, God, what's new? In- my world is like pretty constant these days. Um, you know, still at my public defender job in Manhattan. I get to see the New York City, well, who you dubbed the wine and cheese crew. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm throwing a big Halloween party and a lot of them will be attending. So that's going to be fun. Oh, that is Halloween, fun. My, my favorite holiday of the year. So hopefully you're going to do, did you, I think you did a Halloween episode and you showed everyone's costumes last year. And I think I won for best costume because I was Anthony Weiner. <laughs> um, but I, you should do it again this year. I don't know if I'm going to live up to Anthony Weiner, but I have a good costume in the works. Yeah, well, you know what? Let me talk to uh, Kurt. We did a contest last year. We played a game where I had to guess, like, Kurt polled what everybody was, and then and then uh, he gave me, like, a survivor and gave me, like, four choices of what they are. Um, so, so yeah, we'll do... Well, let me talk to Kurt about that. I know he's uh, he's traveling, but we'll, uh, we'll, see, we'll see if we can get somebody to work on that. But anyway... Gonna, you have to do a Halloween episode. It's we'll, too good. Yeah, we'll do something. We'll do something. I, I need to think about that. All right, so... Let's get into talking about this because um, I know that you had to have been floored last night because in my mind, whenever I hear anybody talk about throwing a challenge, I know that I have to go on Twitter and see what Eliza is saying about this. I know it's aside from quitting. It is my least favorite thing anyone can possibly do on Survivor. I mean, how can people be so dumb this many years later to still throw a challenge and not only that to throw a challenge right after they've been on exile island and have no idea what the tribe dynamics are and are the most arrogant obnoxious human being on the planet but other than that i mean great idea drew but don't you think on paper that sometimes it could make sense to throw a challenge the only time it has ever made sense to throw a challenge was when you know two people from one tribe got switched to the other tribe and you knew the only way to save your two people because they were, of course, in the minority would be to throw a challenge. I mean, and even then it's risky. Yeah. Like in the very first tribe swap back in Survivor Africa, there was where Ethan and Kim Johnson were uh, were on a tribe and, and they were concerned about they had the majority because T-Bird and Frank had sw- had switched over with them and they were going to vote out Silas. And so they threw a challenge to make sure that Lex and Tom and, and Kelly didn't have to go to tribal council. Right. And it that was like to save your allies who got switched over to another right. tribe. 
is like the only justifiable reason to ever throw a challenge. However, I still am against it because you never know, you know, I mean, had, had, um, had we just been throwing challenges and to try to save like Julian Twyla, um, over on La when I was on Yasser, you know, we never would have gotten out Bubba, you know, we could have been outnumbered at the merge. I mean, they would never have voted out John Kenny. Like, you know, I mean, People have ways of saving themselves. If they're good Survivor players, you know, sometimes you can turn the tides. Well, back in Survivor Vanuatu, of course, Bubba wanted your tribe to throw the challenge so they could think oh, about the merge. That's right. He wanted the other tribe to throw yes. the challenge. Yes. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. So he, he wanted the other tribe to throw the challenge so Yasser could uh, stay safe and he could stay until the merge. Right, right. Exactly. Yes. And you hated that idea then. I did. <laughs> yeah. So much that Bubba had to get voted out. Exactly. <laughs> so do not talk about throwing challenges in Eliza's presence. Oh, my God. <laughs> what, a, what an idiot. All right. Well, let's talk about um, this season in particular and, and Drew. I mean, is it besides what we've already said, is there anything that you want to get into about Drew? Um, I mean... He's been getting, I mean, this, this comeuppance was, was kind of like, yes, they did hashtag blindside, but like, this was something that I think anyone who's a, who's an avid fan of the show saw coming a mile away. I mean, from the beginning, this is the guy who's sleeping all day in the tent. He's like, I just can't weave. Weaving's not for me. Like this is, you know, he's a misogynist. He's an idiot. You know, the very first line of the show before the first commercial break, he goes, without me, these people would be nothing. Like, he's like just the most delusional person. Like, you know, I mean, clearly this guy was was going to get what was coming to him, throne challenge or not. Yeah, he, it, but it seemed like he was going to be OK until he forced the issue about Kelly. And I'm not sure exactly what he saw in Kelly that said she's the mastermind. She's the ringleader. She has to go. She's going to beat all of us if we don't get rid of her. That was super crazy. I mean, really, like you need to take more of like a Sandra or Sari approach or whoever who just says, as long as it ain't me, you know, like, I mean, if you've got the majority, just go with go with the majority. I mean, any of those things would have been fine. Julie would have been a fine choice. You know, the singles, you know, the idea of not having the people being able to meet back up with their loved ones, the, you know, the idea of Keith going because he threw Jeremy under the bus. You know, I mean, all of those were fine ideas. And Drew's stubbornness ultimately is what led to his downfall as well. Yeah, because it seemed like he had plenty of chances to jump on board with, or even the plan to get out Keith. Uh, Like he could have really gone along with any of those plans and probably wouldn't have gotten voted out. Right. Jeremy would 100% have been on board with voting out Keith. And they probably, John was kind of going to just do what anybody else said because he was like, I'm so confused. Somebody tell me who to vote for. Like, I mean, that guy is like, not the brains of the tribe. And um, who is the brains just, of that tribe? Reed. Reed. Now, uh, I, you are you are fans of Josh and Reed, right? Oh, my God. I'm a, like, yes, I'm a massive fan of both Josh and Reed. Yes. Well, a lot of people were confused with what Reed is doing last night. That it, out of all people, Reed and Keith were the people that voted together and they voted for Julie. And then John, who wanted to vote off Julie, didn't even vote against Julie. I know that was, I don't know what John was thinking, but I actually understand Reed had like a legitimate strategic reason for voting off Julie. I mean, Drew's reason for voting off Kelly was she's seen every episode of Survivor. Yes. Well, I you'd mean, be Drew, a big threat, Eliza. 
Obviously, obviously, if people had been using that, I mean, they all knew I'd seen every episode of Survivor. And Amy actually saw that as a reason to keep me around. She was like, it's great. Eliza always knows what's coming next. She can explain to us what's going to happen. And like, I was predicting every challenge. And, you know, I mean, I was 21. Maybe I should have been keeping that some, some of that stuff to myself. But needless to say, it didn't ultimately, that wasn't what hurt me in the game. Has there been a shift in Survivor where it used to be if you had seen all of Survivor, that was thought of as an asset, whereas now if you've seen all of Survivor, that's thought of as a threat? Well, you know, I think that like... Did Cochran ruin it? Maybe Cochran ruined it. Cochran ruined everything. But, <laughs> no, um, not I'm the just, Millers. I'm just kidding. Oh, I've never seen that show. Um, but I feel like, you know, anyone who is who has half a brain, even if you're not a fan of the show beforehand and you get recruited, you know, cram it. Watch every single episode of Survivor in the weeks leading up to your departure, because that's the smart thing to do when you're about to go on the show. Like what is going through people's heads to think, oh, I'm not going to watch this show. I'm just going to go out there and wing it. Like, I mean, that is so dumb. It's like not studying for an exam that you know you have coming up. And by the way, if you pass that exam or you win the exam, whatever the analogy would be, you get a million dollars. Like, I mean, how stupid can people be viewing that as a threat? Like, I would be like, oh, okay, this person has half a brain. Like, Yeah, but if it's that nobody else has crammed for the exam, and they're grading on a curve, and one person did study for the exam, wouldn't you want to get rid of that person? It's an interesting, it's an interesting thought. However, Kelly hasn't done anything <laughs> to show that she has any well, that is a fair point. gameplay or knowledge. That's fair. Or, like, literally, Kelly has done absolutely nothing. And so, like, ladies' man Drew thinks he has to get rid of her. I mean, this has this has echoes of, like, Brandon Hance being like, she's going to use her feminine charm. Oh, I forgot about that. (laughs) This has echoes of Brandon Hance targeting Michaela for literally no reason. See, what I want to know, and I wish I would have asked this to Drew when I did the exit interview this morning, that Drew is such a ladies' man. Why wasn't he able to win over Kelly and manipulate her? Right? I thought he was a mind manipulator and a ladies man. I mean, this guy is nothing but a douchebag. I saw Michael Snow on Twitter. I, I called him a douchebag last night. Uh, I don't love puns, but you, know. <laughs> you don't like the wordplay, Eliza. I, I don't know. I, it's, I find it. I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> Um, And and again, in fairness to Drew, I spoke to him this morning and he said, you know, there's more than he he was not happy with how he was edited last night. You you think? (laughs) Yeah, that would be really douchey if he was like nailed it. He was like, nailed it. That's so me. <laughs> That's they just, so they me. Just captured my whole personality. And I'm like, they were just dying without me there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, you know, it's, it. it's, it's very it's very tough with uh, this, this stuff with, with Drew. Uh, what did you think about Jeremy last night? You know, I'm a fan of Jeremy. I'm like a really big fan of Jeremy. And I think now that like the dead weight of his, uh, is she his wife? yes Val is Jeremy's wife yeah so the dead weight of now that the dead weight of his wife is gone I think he (laughs) he can like really excel wait why are you so anti-Val oh my god Val was a nightmare why Val like I have two idols I mean she just she just doesn't know what she's doing and she talks such a big game and like she's just she was just too she was gonna be a she was gonna be a huge liability to Jeremy whereas Jeremy 
who's like a huge fan of Survivor. And, you know, maybe he's keeping his mouth shut about it. But I mean, Drew maybe didn't know. But like Jeremy's definitely seen every episode of Survivor. Now, is it because Val is a police officer? I remember you didn't like Tony because he's a police it's officer. So funny. You know, I, I, I thought they were firefighters. No, no, that Jer- only Jeremy's a firefighter. And then Weston Keith is a firefighter. That's firefighters are us. But Val is uh, a police officer. So you didn't you know, even know she was a police officer. I, I, I guess I didn't even know, but, you know, maybe the, that's why. I just, it's inherent. Your cop dar was going off. Exactly. <laughs> you knew there was something that you didn't like about her. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're liking Jeremy. Uh, but yeah. what, what about that confrontation that he got into with, with Keith? Did you think, Stephen and I argued about this last night on the Know-It-Alls, where Stephen felt like he thought it was good what happened ultimately with, with Jeremy and Keith. But I thought that, that Jeremy exposed himself a bit much with fighting with Keith about the Hidden Immunity Idol thing and his sub-alliances and everything. Did you like what Jeremy was doing? Well... I mean, I don't think he needed to take it so far in terms of being like, you and I could have been in a sub-alliance while the rest of my, our alliance could have thought they were in close with us, but they actually weren't. You know, laying that stuff out is never smart to put that stuff out loud. Um, but I do think that the fight with Keith was really important because it kind of solidified that, in fact, no one believed Keith. Jeremy, in fact, did not have the idol and made it so abundantly clear. And this wasn't like a, I don't have the idol. What are you talking about? I don't have the, I mean, his reaction and his, the whole entire thing about it, like made it so clear to his entire tribe that he does not have the idol and having an idol or being suspected of having an idol when you don't actually have one is one of the most like dangerous things on Survivor. It totally jeopardizes your position. And so I think he had to make a big deal out of it in order to, kind of deflect the, the, you know, the terrible suspicion that everybody would have otherwise had that he had the idol. But I agree with you that he probably didn't need to go into the sub-alliances and we could have been tighter than everybody else and, you know, basically t- forecasting to the rest of his alliance that he's going to have a sub-alliance. Do you think that Jeremy could be in a compromised position here considering that his alliance now is the four women and him? Of course, always. I mean, that's exactly why Josh didn't go with the four women on his tribe from, you know, vote one. They were like, it could be the women and you. And he was like, well, the women plus me, I'm not actually a woman. So then when we get down to it, I'm going to be the one gone. So, you know, I think it's always a compromised position to be the like odd man out, literally. Yes. Um, And uh, however, we've seen it work, you know, look at Chris Doherty. Yes. Chris, uh, who went from he, he was the only guy with six women and, and made it to uh, 10 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, do you think that Jeremy has that kind of uh, game in him? I mean, what Chris did was, ve- was very impressive is will Jeremy be able to be there after the merge potentially with these women and then not say, well, why don't we just vote out Jeremy next? So, you know what? I think that it's too early to be comparing him to like what Chris did, for example, because right now it's still, it's such an early position in the game that, I mean, as you, as we saw in the preview, there's going to be a tribe swap next week. I mean, everything can still get turned upside down. He can have an all brand new alliance. I mean, and then reunite with these women or not. I mean, I think that there's still a lot of opportunities for him um, down the line. All right. So are you excited for the tribe swap? Yeah, I am. I, I want to know. I wonder how it's going to be done. You know, if I, I always worry when these things happen that 
um, when it's not something that ensures that it's like at least somewhat um, evenly split, then it it makes it less fun. And there's like a pagonging on one tribe and they can just vote off the, the minority. However, you know, a blood versus water season, if you're on with your loved one, then it, it will create the drama of like, oh, like, do I vote out my loved one now that we're on the same tribe, but my alliance is the dominant alliance? Or do I try and bring them into the fold? Or do I now get in an alliance with the other people who have loved ones on our tribe? So I think it will make for an interesting dynamic. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I think it'll shake things up. Do you think anybody this season will pull a Sierra and vote against their loved one? For sure. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, my God. You don't uh, think so? I, you know, I thought that the Sierra thing was such a, you know, I just felt like because she, the, um, Laura was going home anyway. And I felt like Sierra did that to sort of show to her alliance, you know, hey, I'm with you guys. And she just, you know, didn't go down with the ship as far as voting, voting against her mom. So I'm wondering if it would have to be in that same sort of scenario where it's like they're not really casting the deciding vote against their loved one. Well, that may they- be the situation. But for example, you know, um, if it's clear that someone's going and they're going to stick with their original alliance, you know, the original Hunapu or whatever. Is that, is that right? Yes. Hunapu. Hunapu. So you know, look at that, pulling out a tribe name, these random names. Um, you know, if, if they're there and then there's, you know, they're going to vote off someone's loved one and they're like, it's either, you know, we vote this person off or like, we're never going to trust you again if you don't do it. The person, I think probably will do it. And so who's the most likely person to be voting against their loved one? Huh. We have we have five pairs left. So I think um Missy 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 not not muffin. Missy. Missy. Yes. And her daughter Baylor. Like, I mean the, I mean they were like the the way they went at it in that bag challenge where they like were hitting each other in the face. I mean that is not a mother-daughter relationship that, like, they'd be like, oh, I'd never vote my, I'm never, you know. I mean, if you're willing to hit your daughter in the face, you're definitely willing to vote her off. So you think that, that Missy could vote Baylor off? It could be a reverse Sierra. Exactly. Oh, my God. A Laura, Don't even. You, do you see that? Do you see it? I find it hard to imagine a parent is going to vote against the kid. Like, I could see the kid voting against the parent. I wonder. Keith would never never vote Wes off, I don't think. Yeah, but I feel like the kid would definitely vote the parent off. Would would your mom? I think Josh and Reed would would backstab each other, would like cut each other's throats to get further in the game. Yeah. They are both gamers. They are both like hardcore strategists and gamers, and they both like are fighting hard and playing hard. And I could see them voting against one another. Do you feel like it's an advantage to, if you were on a blood versus water season and you're, let's say you were playing with your mom and your mom got voted off like first or second, it would some part of you just be relieved and that it's one, it's less stress. And two, you can just do whatever you need to do now to advance in the game. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, my mom, if my mom were out there, I would be so different than how I would be if she weren't there because I would be worrying about her. I would be, you know, I mean, she would be the oldest person to have ever played Survivor. Older than Rudy, I think, on his last... Oh, no, actually, on his most... On his last appearance, he might have been older than she is. Wait, but how old is your mom? She's 68. Oh, no, Rudy was in his 70s the first time he played. 
No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. I believe he was 72 and then he was 76. No way. Yeah. I thought he was like, I thought he was only 70 on like the last appearance. No, I'm pretty sure Rudy was in his 70s the first oh time he God, played. Oh my God, Rudy was so old. <laughs> yeah, he was. But like the game is so hard on you. And so I would be like wor- super worried about my mom the whole time. And, um, you know, having her not there would just mean I could do, you know, like what Tyson and Jervis did and whatever. And it's like you just play your own game. Yeah. Um, for the record, Rudy is 86 now. So, uh, so yeah. Was, so you're right. So he was like 70. <laughs> yeah, he was well, 72. 75. He was 72 in the original Survivor and 75 in the All-Stars. Yes, yeah, because it was the season before Vanuatu. So he was 75. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that uh, your mom still has some ground to go to catch up with Rudy yeah. on Survivor. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting because on the first Survivor Blood versus Water, you saw Tyson and Jervis and, and Monica. Uh, those were the people that, you know, were able to re- really go far because if, if even if you get to the merge with a pair, then you're going to get targeted for being a pair after the merge. But you know what I always thought? I kind of thought that the people who had pairs you know, played it stupidly. Like what I would do if I was still, if I still had a pair is I would say to everyone else who was still in a pair, be like, let's all get together and vote off all these people who don't have a pair. Yeah. There's only the only, the problem comes when the singles gang up and then force you to vote off your own pair. (laughs) That's right. So like hindsight being 2020, we know that, you know, Otis and Vetus and Tina and Katie should have gotten together with Laura and Sierra and said, hey, let's let the six of us, let's vote against all of the single people. Exactly. So do you think that these survivors who are not well versed in survivor strategy, do you think that they will come to that conclusion? Only if Reed and Josh are leading the charge. Okay. If Reed and Josh are both still around, come merge, and they lead the charge, I think others will follow suit. They are clearly, I mean, you agree with me. Those are the two smartest people on the season, hands down, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that's um, that's, no looking, that's looking good. Um, I have to say that I thought Natalie played it well last night. She got the fishy. Also, Natalie, I, I did. I did see that. But, you know, Natalie's got way too big of a mouth to be considered like a strategist. She's like she's not CP. She's totally OTT. <laughs> yes. Edic yes. Reference. Bring out the edgic. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of any, if there's anybody else that I would. I mean, I think you could probably say that uh, Reed and Josh are the smartest players on the season. If you were going to, you know, damn them with faint praise. I think that Jeremy, it would probably be in the conversation. <laughs> in, in, what, what are we calling them in the land of the blind? They have one eye <laughs> yes, or something. Yes, yes. Isn't that how the saying goes? Yes. Or they're the tallest midgets. <laughs> yes. Is that, that's probably politically incorrect. I didn't say that. I take that back. I'm sorry. They're the tallest short person. The tallest little people. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> just to go back to the twenties, were you excited to see the twenties this season? I, I don't know if you follow the amazing race. Um, I actually don't follow it that much anymore. I'm watching this season because of Keith and Whitney. Um, and I watched the Twinnies, I guess it was their second season, the one where they went home first. Yes, the All-Stars. Yeah, because I, I wanted to see Brenchel and, you know, other people who I had known from previous seasons um, and see how they fared. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, they're, they're pretty obnoxious. The Twinnies? Yeah. They, well, they're loud. <laughs> 
But yeah. I find, but I am finding Natalie alone, like one twenty alone. I find it is very manageable. No, it is way more manageable. And like she had the quote of the episode, you know, the title "We're a hot mess." Yeah. Like, you know, she she is. She's 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 more astute than. I mean, Stephen gave her credit where credit was due with the fishy. Like she was astute. She was like, "Oh my gosh, the men are in disarray. This is the time to capitalize." You know, and she really did, and she did it effectively. I want to ask you about Kelly. Is it possible? Hear me out. Hear me out here. Okay. Is it? Is there a chance that Drew is right about Kelly? That she actually is a good player? Uh, I guess. Do you I think mean, that is a possibility? Do you think it's likely? No. No. Why do you say that? <laughs> I just, I mean, listen, there isn't that much to show this season. I mean, it's not like there have been all these strategic masterminds. Um, aside from self-proclaimed ones like Drew, you know, if there was something great going on that someone was doing, it wouldn't be fully hidden from us. And Mm -hmm. we've literally seen none of Kelly. None. I didn't even know her name until last night. Last week you tweeted, uh, who is this woman? Was that her? It might have been Jacqueline. I'm not sure. You said, who yeah, is this blonde woman? Yeah, it was one of the blondes. I, I mean, I can't keep them straight. Like, Baylor actually has differentiated herself. So now I know who she is. But like, Kelly, Jacqueline, I mean, if they were doing anything interesting, don't you think we would have seen it? Yeah. It's not that the season is so overwhelmed with a brilliant strategy that they don't have time to show a minute of something if someone is truly being fantastic. And so that's why I, I truly doubt that Drew's suspicions of Kelly are are like on point. I mean, is she keeping her head down, working hard and like, you know, not pissing people off? Like, sure. Great. Fantastic. But that doesn't make her an excellent mastermind of a survivor player. Okay. Uh, so what you're saying is that that could be fan fiction, that she is a good player. I mean, who is saying this? Who is saying she's just Drew? <laughs> he was saying it. And I'm, I'm just asking, is it Since possible? Drew have one modicum of credibility. <laughs> I I just wanted to know. Uh, I look. I want to explore all the possibilities. Is it possible that she actually is a good player? I she, I didn't see her do anything bad. I mean, if that's the measure of a good player, <laughs> this season know. it is. That's like top yeah. five. That's top five, baby. Well, yeah, it's a low bar. <laughs> it's a low. It's a low bar. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about Alec a little bit. Uh, Drew's brother. Now, do you find... I know you're not a fan of Drew. Are you a fan of Alec at all? No. Alec, it's like dumb and dumber. God. Those two. Alec is a disaster. He's like a, he's like a whiny baby. Why is Alec's shirt so big? Why is he so annoying? <laughs> why, why is he so annoying? Why is he so annoying? He is so annoying. Well, his dad w- favored Drew. So he's like a needy child, I guess. I mean, that explains why he's so annoying, I guess. There's an explanation. Now, do you feel bad about yourself if one of your parents has a choice between you and Drew and the, that parent is choosing Drew over you? Knowing what we know about Drew? I mean, that sucks. <laughs> Sucks That's like, that can't feel great, right? Yeah, no wonder he feels like he has to snatch things out of people's hands and whatnot because he's like clawing for attention his whole life. Yeah. <laughs> Should they, you know, sort of suss that out before Survivor that, okay, well, he has like this complex or, or does that make him good TV? Is that like what they were going for that? Oh, this Alex has a, re- Alec has a real inferiority complex about his brother. Like, oh, that's perfect. Put them on this season. 
I mean, that's, I think that's what they want, they want out of brothers, you know, like it's, they did it with Aris and Vetus. And, you know, I think that if they're going to cast brothers and there's no animosity or rivalry or discord between the brothers, they're not going to, it's not going to make for anything interesting, you know? They'd be like, oh, we're the best, the two best friends that anyone's ever had. And then it's like boring. Yeah, I think that the trouble that they got into with a lot of the casting on this season was they didn't so much cast for individual players, but they really wanted to find the next, oh, where, where's our next Sierra that's going to vote her mom out? Uh, we got yeah. a lot of mileage out of that. So let's try to find people that are that are, are family members that could vote against each other. So exactly. you have like Drew and Alec, who are these like bickering brothers. And you have like a couple other people like John Rocker and Julie. And it's like, OK, this is great. This is great. Uh, these two could turn against each other, you know, and we didn't really cast the show for and find like people who were really great players themselves. But we cast these relationships. I agree 100%. Thank you. I, I, I mean, I truly, that's, I mean, that's so on point because, you know, and I think that's the exact problem with casting a blood versus water season, especially when it's not, you know, at least on the last blood versus water, one of the two people in each pair had previously been cast and cast as an individual. And that's why it's so much harder to get on survivor than, you know, other CBS shows, inferior CBS shows, because, you know, you have to be able to stand alone. And on this season, they were casting as though they're casting Amazing Race, and it's casting for the relationship between the people, and then the people are on separate tribes, and as individuals, they are not interesting. I feel like that there's nothing wrong with these people. Like, if this was an Amazing Race cast, it'd be a great season of The Amazing Race. I agree. Yeah. They're like, all, these people are interesting, but the, the challenge, I think, is going to be, you know, where are we going to find the people who are going to be sort of, you know, making making our moves? Where Or is the drama just going to come out of people, you know, spectacularly failing every week? I, I mean, maybe. And I'll watch that. I, me too. Me too. <laughs> it's, it's, it's gratifying, you know? I get a lot of... I, I really enjoyed watching drew's epic fail last night and like the confessionals where he's like i'm just the strategic mastermind they'll die out here without me you know i mean he's just like someone who who just truly can't see their own flaws no he did not have a lot of self-awareness and that's a key trait for a survivor yeah you know it's all about not not only how do you perceive other people but how do other people perceive you and he was somebody who was really clueless not only self-awareness, but like survivors all about, I mean, there are like so many hilarious shots of my eyes, like darting back and forth and like looking around and like, like a total nervous, panicked little mouse. I don't even know because my whole, like, I was always nervous. Someone was going to walk up on a conversation. I was always nervous that someone was going to hear me talking about them or like, you know, we were talking to, I mean, he was so unaware that Kelly literally stood there listening to his conversation about mm-hmm. trying to get her off. I mean, it, it's just unbelievable to me that he could be he could lack awareness that that epically. He said he didn't care. Well, he's an idiot. <laughs> he said and he said once once we vote out one of the women that all the bitches will come to us. Oh, my God. I know he's in a misogynist. <laughs> he's the worst. Now, what did you think about when he volunteered to go to Exile Island with Jacqueline? Uh, and then got to spend a lot of time with John's girlfriend. If you were John, would you be okay with that decision? Yeah, I mean, the dude's an idiot, so... I would have, I, a lot, I would have reservations. If I was on Blood vs. Water with, with Nicole, 
And okay, it's like, okay, uh, you know, I beat Nicole in the challenge and and try to come up with what the challenge would be where I'm going to beat uh, Nicole in something. We have to be coordinated. <laughs> um, but let's just say hypothetically, it was like maybe a word like, jumble. Like a, I was going to say yeah. it's a word ah, jumble. God, I love it. That's my, that's my strong suit, jumbles. So Nicole's going to exile and it's like, all right, Rob, you got to pick somebody to go to exile island with Nicole. Uh, who are you going to pick? I'm like, uh, Drew's like, bro, bro, I got this. I got this. I'll take care of your girl. I'll take care of your girl. And I'm like, ah, and now I'm in a tough situation because I don't want Drew to go to Exile Island with my wife. And <laughs> uh, I think that's probably I'm just laughing at the absurdity of, of me saying I don't want Drew to go to Exile Island with my wife. <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, I don't want Drew to go to Exile Island with my wife. But what am I going to do? I, now I can, he volunteered. Now do I say, actually, you know what? Uh, Reed, I, could you go to Exile Island with my wife? Or so, Kelly, I, I I think that um what we're not seeing, and I don't know if it, I think you know I don't know if anyone said this in their interviews, but I'm sh- I'm sure at least sometimes they're kind of making these determinations prior to getting to the arena. Interesting. Yes, uh, that's a good point. That's what I would do, and I'd be like, guys, we need to we need to like decide before we go who's going to go to Exile Island if um if there's you know, if, if we lose and we need to decide if we get to choose who's going to play the challenge against their family member and we need to decide, you know, like based on this type of, I mean, we would like sit down and have like a, um, yeah, like a, if when you have the reward challenge and stuff like that, like a planning session. Yes. Yes. Um, now should John be upset with, with Drew, because that was a violation of the bro code when he was checking out Jacqueline? He was just looking at her ass. Yes. I mean, well, that's uh, or maybe more. Who knows? I mean, what? It's so. I mean, maybe it's different now because like Survivor's gotten easier, but it's so non-sexual on Survivor. Like for the not most for part, Drew. Just, he, he's a ladies' man. I know, but it's not like he tried anything. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that's the one thing I'll give him a pass on. Like okay. if a girl's bending over to pick up sticks in front of you and you look at her ass, like. That's okay. I don't know. Jacqueline's, Jacqueline's pretty. I think John should be like, yeah, man, that's my girl. Like, it's fine. Okay. Um, I feel like I've seen you tweet a bit about Julie this season. Are, are you not a fan of Julie, Julie McGee? Tits McGee. <laughs> Taters McGee. Why can't you say tits? I have tried to keep a podcast family friendly if I can. All right, fine. Lots of people listen to this with, with, uh, with their kids. Driving to school. What about boobs? Yeah, that's uh, boobs is boobs. I mean, that's fine. But tits sounds so much better. Tits <laughs> McGee. <laughs> All right, I'll let you see. You can, I'll let it slide. I can't really figure her out yet. She really pissed me off earlier in the season when she had some confessional and she's like, they don't know who I am and who I'm dating. Like, like you know, acting like she's better than everybody else and whatever. Um, this episode, I like... Felt a little bad for her. Oh, she, she you've had a turnaround? Well, no, I, it's not like I like her. I just like felt sorry for her. Yes. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she's our quitter. Interesting. Because, you know, they showed that preview where they're like, somebody quits. The only thing I hate more than throwing challenges is quitters. So, Boy. you know, it wouldn't surprise me if she was the quit. Like, she just seems like, like, oh, I'm, I'm so good, whatever. And then... You know, now, like, I felt a little just she just seemed so, like, kind of pathetic when, like, 
the tribe was like everybody applauded when her boyfriend was voted off. And then, you know, she got back to camp and they're like, how do you feel about it? And like, I don't know. I just felt a little sorry for her. Boy, if you already don't like her and then she quits, watch out. I know, right? Watch out, Julie. It's going to be a good one. All right. Well, let's jump into some of the questions from the listeners of Rob Has a Podcast. Of course, every Thursday, I like to poll our listeners on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Rob Has a Podcast. And so we got a lot of questions for you here today, Eliza. So let's jump in. Okay. I'm excited. How about let's go with our own Jessica Lee, who wants to know, uh, what coping strategies would you recommend to a non-idiot on Survivor forced to live with or even strategize with one or more total idiots? Um, It's a good question. It is a good question because if you go on Survivor and you're a non-idiot, you will inevitably be surrounded by idiots. You will encounter idiots. You will encounter idiots. So you know what you should do? I mean... And I'm not saying that I necessarily like followed my own advice because people are gonna be like, you hypocrite. But I'm just saying you should try to, you know, do the best to like keep your mouth shut to, you know, not to, to just try to placate them. Um, you know, I think there are some really good examples of that in the past. You know, anyone who's played with Philip Shepard, for example, mm-hmm. um, has had to really just be like, all right, I got to get this idiot to the end with me so I can beat him. So what should I do to like keep him calm and keep him rational? And, you know, um, and, and so you just have to do the best you can. I mean, I think Josh is doing a great job corralling idiots this season. I think there's two kinds of idiots on Survivor. I think there's the kind of idiot who kind of knows that they're an idiot. They're sort of like the harmless idiot. And then, you know, this person could be sort of like, I'm sure you can come up with a number of different like harmless idiots. They sort of just do whatever you tell them to do. But, you know, they're not doing anything on their own. But then there's the idiot that thinks they're the smartest person there. And that's the person that's the most dangerous. A hundred percent. Because you can't tell the idiot who thinks they're the smartest person there what to do. You have to sort of like play into their little like. And make uh, them think it's their idea. Yes. Like it's it's a lot more complicated playing with the idiot who thinks they're a genius. Yes. Yes. And that was Drew. Yep. hundred. Yep. Totally. It's it's very challenging. So so how could somebody practice dealing with idiots, Eliza? How How could somebody if somebody's going to go on Survivor in a year? And they must say, okay, well, how do I deal with all these crazy personalities? Um, Is there anything that somebody could do to prep for this? They can come hang out with me in Manhattan Criminal Court. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I'm sure somebody would want to take you up on this. Yeah, well. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's take a question. Uh, Clayton Holmes Jr. wants to know, what are your thoughts on John Rocker and other celebrities playing Survivor? Now, I know you were not a fan of John Rocker. Did you not like the idea of John Rocker being on Survivor? I hated the idea of John Rocker being on Survivor. Um, and I know that Jeff Probst, you know, said, oh, like, it's just a controversial. If they don't like his opinions, we, you, they can vote him out. We're not endorsing his opinions just by casting him, but by giving someone who is an outright blatant homophobe, misogynist, racist, like xenophobe, um, giving that person a platform and giving them notoriety again, like is disgusting to me. I hate the fact that Survivor would cast someone like that. I mean, They've done stunt casting before, but they cast someone, you know, casting someone like Gary um, from um, Guatemala sure. or, um, 
or Cliff Robinson. I mean, those Your are guy. like up, upstanding, like very kind, very like nice, like wonderful people. Um, which not to say is like the what you'd want to cast full of on Survivor, but but I don't know. I I was really anti the rocker casting to begin with, and he's he proved himself to be equally as disgusting as as we thought he would be. I mean, I really just think that it's enough with the stunt casting. The reason Survivor's been on the air this long is because it's a great show. I mean, look back at Borneo, 16 strangers, 16 nobodies, you know, and it was a phenomenal show. I mean, and they don't need to cast. It's, you know, that's not bringing in viewers. That's not bringing, I mean, the people who are watching are the loyal viewers of this show and they don't need this crap. So I hate it. See, I'm surprised that you, I know you were a big fan of Cliff Robinson last season. So I'm surprised to hear you this anti, just the idea. I know you don't like John Rocker. I know, but I, and I like Cliff Robinson too, but like, you know, I mean, do they need to do this? They don't need to do this. Yeah, it's a good point. I'd love to know if there's anybody in the comments. Well, they probably are not listening to the podcast, but do you know anybody that you, in your circles that so watch Survivor th- either this season, like, hey, I heard John Rocker is going to be on there, or I heard Cliff Robinson is on the show, or I heard I heard Lisa Welchill is out there. I heard oh Jeff God, Kent. So yeah, like, why are they? Or um, what's his name? The guy who owns that team that got kicked off last year. Oh, uh, David Sampson. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I don't know if he was necessarily stunt casting. Well, a little bit. I guess so. I guess a little bit. Um. But interesting, interesting. So you, you say sh- you say shut it down. I don't mind it. I, I mean, I think it's fun. It gives us something to talk about. You know, if there's somebody like a John Rocker and there's somebody who is going to prove themselves to be a person that other people don't want to be around and they get voted off and they look dumb in the process, you know, I don't have a I don't have an issue with it. And if they're able to somehow rehabilitate their image using the show, uh, I guess, you know, more power to them. I don't know. I don't think that's what the show is for. It doesn't bum me want, out. I don't want people going on the show to rehabilitate their image. Like, let give people who, like, care about the show a chance. Sure. I mean, is the option... John Rocker doesn't give a shit about Survivor. <laughs> that's right. Uh, if the, Is the option, though, is it John Rocker or is it some other meathead who doesn't care about Survivor? I'll take John Rocker. Well... Because it's more interesting. <sighs> I, I mean... Ideally, it would be people who, who cared. But, I mean, I, I, I understand that it, ha- it has not been that way for a long time. Yeah. That uh, sometimes, you, sometimes you get a good season of people that are really, are really you know, diehard fans. And, and other times, you don't. Right. And, and hopefully, we learn some lessons from it. I agree. Let me take a question from Mira L. Who wants to know, who would win in a chess match? Jason from Survivor Micronesia or Drew from this season? Okay. Who am I kidding? Neither of them can probably play chess. How about checkers? All right. So who would win in checkers? Jason from Survivor Micronesia or Drew from this season? I was going to say it would be a stalemate in chess because they'd both be like, duh. I don't know. How does this piece move? One of them moves in like an L, right? Doesn't one of them move in an L? Yeah. Is it it this one or is it this one? Is this the king? All right. So one of them is going to play. They're going to play checkers. Checkers. All All right. So it's Jason versus Drew. Who you got? Jason. Jason. Yeah. Okay. Of course I'm team Jason. Yeah, he gave me this the effing stick, but you know, he's not he I think he could win at checkers. Okay. Drew would be like, "Look at me masterminding checkers. I'm the best checkers player that ever existed. Checkers wouldn't exist if it weren't for me." I mean, he reminds me of Zoolander. <laughs> yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Uh Umberto 
wants to know who is most likely to confuse an effing stick for an idol. Well, they're from the same bloodline. I'll have to go with Alec. Alec. <laughs> okay. This is a good question from Jordan Kalish. He wants to know, I know the current survivors aren't supposed to tweet, but if they could, who would you most likely be sparring with right now? Is there somebody that you think you would be in a feud with if all the survivors were tweeting about the episode? John Rocker. John Rocker. You would just uh, mix it up. John Rocker's been kind of nasty to people on Twitter. Oh my God. He's really, really disgusting on Twitter. Do you think you could handle him? You know what? I probably wouldn't engage though because I don't like... I don't, I, I curse more on the podcast than I do on my Twitter. I almost never curse on my Twitter. I don't like to, you know, call, name calling is just not that interesting. Yeah. I just correct people's grammar. Okay. Yes. I know. That's one, <laughs> that's one of your moves. That's one of your go-to. That's so, Sophie said, Sophie, Sophie said, cause I, she tweeted something to me last night. And then I said, I tweeted back correcting her and I said, subject verb agreement. And she goes, that would be a great name for a big brother alliance. Subject yeah. verb agreement. Subject verb agreement. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little wordy, but um, yeah, I think yeah. it, it, could, it could work. It could work. Um, Tim Connolly wants to know, what's your take on Chris Daughtry's number 20 ranking in the Robin's podcast all time poll that we did this summer? Do you fall into the camp of people who think he's been so underrated in the past that he's starting to get overrated? So we polled the listeners of Rob as a podcast. We took a vote. They tallied the votes. Chris came in number 20 out of all the survivor players too high or too low. Um, 20 overall. I think that's, that's probably pretty on point. I mean, if that can, if that, if the poll is of all winners plus all non-winners, then he probably should fall somewhere in the top, you know, assuming there are like X amount of winners. I mean, I, I actually think that that might be too low. I think I mean, it's too I think, low. I think he's consistently underrated by everyone and continues to be underrated because I don't know why Vanuatu is kind of an underrated season, but like what Chris did on that season was pretty phenomenal. And like you guys didn't even see all of it necessarily, um, which is why we're talking about doing a Vanuatu reunion show. but. Um, you know, just little things he did to like really make it to the end and win that game were pretty incredible. Well, well, Ron Chan wants to know what are the chances that we get a 10 year Vanuatu reunion podcast on RHAP? Rob and I are working on it. We hope so. We hope, we hope, we hope yep. we have it. In the- we have a, we have a plan. We hope so. It's just, it's, these are very tricky to do. Right. I I would I would love to do it, but sometimes there that it's hard to it's hard to get everybody on the same page of what's a good day for everybody who ultimately because I find also there are some people that aren't really that excited to do it also. But you that's know, crazy. I know it's crazy, but I feel like the survivors they like to like have like the one on one talk. Like they don't want to like uh, like um, necessarily often want to get together four or five people on the same thing. Because right. it's hard to ever get a word in edgewise. Get overshadowed, right. They like to have a, you know, a one, one-on-one talk about their game, not necessarily, oh, I don't want to hear Chris go on about how great he was and how I got yeah. duped. Yeah. yeah. So it's tricky with these things. You know, the winner likes to do it. When the winner wants to talk about how great they are. But the other people, it's sometimes people like, ah, eh, not so much. Yeah. So it's tricky. I'd love to do it. Ten years, ten years ago, Survivor Vanuatu. The, how yeah. fast did it go by? 
It's so crazy. I can't believe it's been 10 years. I can't believe it's been uh, 10 years since Vanuatu, which was after I was even on Survivor. No, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, Chad Kincaid wants to know, what does Eliza think of Drew, the so-called ladies man? I mean, we've been talking about him the whole episode. He's the worst. <laughs> what about the idea of him being a ladies man? Um, I mean, certainly not my type. Yes. Okay. Would you set him up with any of the other survivors? Maybe him and like Kat Ederson would be a good fit. Oh, you know, I had a <laughs> uh, somebody phoned in a voicemail today and said, would Drew and Kat be a good match that they're both uh, they, they are eligible to date each other and uh, that they would probably have a lot in common? Look at that. Multiple people. Same thought. Obviously, we've, we've just made a match in heaven. This is the thing. This is the thing. What do you want to call them? Drat? <laughs> yes. Drat. Okay, let's Q. make this happen. Q. Drat. Drat's way better. Drat. Yeah, okay. Let's go with <laughs> Drat. Okay. Uh, how about uh, this question? Kurt Clark, the great Kurt Clark wants to know, hey, ding, marry, kill, Eliza. Uh, Ding, Mary, kill, throwing a challenge, quitting the game, or spoiling the episode on social media. Um, but there, but I hate all of them. Yeah, well, that's what makes it a tough Ding, Mary, kill. Um. Okay, kill quitting. Okay, kill quit. So who are you gonna who are you gonna ding and who are you gonna marry? Throwing a challenge or spoiling the episode on social media? I'm gonna marry throwing a challenge for the right reason. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and you're gonna and you're gonna ding spoiling the episode on social media i guess so okay all right all right uh let's but also you only spoil it on social media if you're not watching it live and if you're not watching it live it's kind of your own fault right <sighs> yeah yeah i think so i mean i try not to spoil it i try not to spoil it because i know my west coast friends and like followers don't want to don't want to know who got voted off but i do tweet about the episode as i'm watching it and, you know, if I'm not live and somebody is tweeting like, oh, my God, Drew got what was coming to him. Like last night, I was a half hour late and I totally knew it was coming. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, it, it's it's tough. I try not to tweet about the actual accounts of the episode, like like who got voted off and stuff on social media. I try not all. to do that as well. I try not to do that as well. I usually just say like, yay or like something, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's say a question from Mike Bloom and Mike Bloom wants to know, how does Eliza compare her alliance with Chris to Josh and Baylor? Uh, could we see Josh betraying Baylor late in the game? Do you see a parallel there between you or your relationship with Chris and Vanuatu and Baylor? I don't know. It's kind of like attenuated. Maybe it's just, I don't necessarily see a parallel there because it's just such different stages of the game. It's an alliance from the beginning versus an alliance that came about much, much later at final seven. Um, you know, I think Josh would cut anyone if if it meant getting further in the game. So I could see him turning on Baylor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think that Josh is like, I, he doesn't strike me as a Chris. Like, I feel like a Chris is like, would kind of say anything to anybody to save his hide. And I feel like that, jo that Josh really likes Baylor. Yeah, I think so too. So I, I don't see, I don't see uh, that parallel uh, too much, but maybe, maybe Mike uh, is seeing something that we're not. Let's take a question from Eric Benjamin who wants to know, Hey Eliza writing from Syracuse, you. Woohoo. Go Cuse. Were you ever tempted to tell the entire tribe that Jason Siska had an idol without without confirmation similar to keith thanks for answering and go orange 
go orange. I agree. Um, so I was not tempted to tell people about Jason's idol because Jason came to me and said, I have an idol and I want to use it for us. Like it was an us. It wasn't like a, and I'm going to use it if I need to. It was like, if I win immunity, I'll give it to you because we're the two people at risk here tonight, you know? Um, so I never thought about outing him. Um, obviously in retrospect, had he not won immunity or had I known that he thought it was the real idol, I would have been like, oh my God, let's try this amazing play. Like, it'll be so funny. Give me the necklace and then you play the idol and like, it'll just be like a big surprise and everyone will be freaking out and you'll make a name for yourself. And like, I would have tricked him and convinced him to do that. However, I thought he was fooling me because I couldn't believe that anyone thought that was the real idol. So I just confronted him straight up when I finally saw the idol, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great moment. We love that. I mean, great slash terrible for me, but you know, listen, it, it, it led me to infamy. So I'll take it, I guess. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, let's take another question. Uh, this one comes to us from Albert Vargas, who says, we've seen our fair share of athletes on the show. Which current or former New York giant would do well on Survivor? We know you're a big Giants fan. I am a big Giants fan. Oh my gosh. Well, much better off than know, being a big Jets fan right now. My, I know. Well, not that much better, but, um, but my, my favorite New York giant left the Giants and now plays for the Oakland Raiders, which is a terrible place to be. So he should go on survivor and I'm sure he would kill it. Um, and that, that's Justin Tuck. Justin Tuck. Okay. We could see a Justin Tuck on survivor. He does what the subway commercials, right? Yeah. Okay. Corey Battelle wants to know, settle this once and for all. Does Sari beat Parvati and Amanda in Micronesia if it's a final three? Yes. Yes. Is it close? No. No. Okay. All right. Good for good for Sari or not good for Sari because then it makes it more her more upset that she would have won. Oh, it was devastating for Sari. I mean, if you watched that episode of Ponderosa, she was like virtually inconsolable after she got fined after they found out it was not a final three and she got voted out. Yeah. I would imagine that's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> at least, at least I never thought it was going to be a final three in my, in my season. We all thought it was going to be a final three in Micronesia. Yeah. Well, that I could, I would imagine that's probably, and it was a, supposed to be a final three. I think until James got medevaced. Yeah. Oh, it's James's fault. He owes three, 900,000, <laughs> $925,000, whatever it is. I don't know. Yes. Uh, Nwanda wants to ask, what are the qualities that you look for in a person to determine that you hate them on Survivor? Most people determine their favorites when the season starts based on their bios, but you seem to determine your most hated. What's the criteria to be hated by Eliza? So you do seem to have very strong opinions on the Survivors very early in the seasons. I totally do. And you know what? I have to admit, I rarely read the bios anymore. I just, you know, don't have the time to like sit around reading survivor bios, which I know it's like sacrilegious to say, but I mostly just try to like get to know them. I usually read like Dalton's interviews or something else um, before the season starts and then just start to get to know them on the show. And I think it's just, you know, the way they come off on the show. I think, um, I think arrogance is a big factor in my dislike of someone. Mm -hmm. So people who just go on the show and from minute one are like, I'm the best. I'm amazing. I deserve to be here. I'm better than everybody else. 
my tribe would be nothing without me. I mean, any of those lines, like you're pretty much on the hate list. Yes. Well, that's why we get along so well, because I am the Rob that sucks. <laughs> you're like, you're like, I'm the worst. I'm, you know, that although, although to be fair, like some people who do have some self-deprecating qualities, I, I also truly, truly dislike. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to name names. Yeah. Although uh, on a related note, uh, Ryan Alexander asks a question and says, again, this, these are Ryan Alexander's words. Uh, Drew is one of the bigger douches we've seen on Survivor. Can you give us a ranking of the top five Survivor douches of all time? I expect Rob to back off on this one, but I can't imagine Eliza would have a problem with it. I know who my number one vote would be. Does he say who it is? No. Um, oh, man, it's so hard because, like, it's so hard to remember all the biggest douches on the show. Well, then I think that would disqualify people for being the big, one of the top five biggest douches if well, you can't I guess remember that's them. True. I guess that's true. Um, I mean, oh, gosh, in no particular order, maybe. Okay. Because I don't know if I can rank them. I just kind of want to start listing people that I can think of. That okay, are this is Eliza's biggest douche list. Um, Philip Shepard. Oh, no. John Cochran. How dare you? Boston Rob. Oh, come on now. I mean, I like him as a person. I like him in real life, but he's one of the biggest douches on the show. <laughs> All right, so this is just people who are a douche on the show. But that's what they're asking, right? Um, yeah, I guess so. I, I, I sense that he ben, was probably... Um, ben, what's his name? Ben, um, racist Ben. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes, the outlaw. R- racist Ben, racist Ben, what the frick was his last name? Ben, like Browning or something like that? Racist Ben Browning, that's totally it. <laughs> that um, total douche. Okay, ra- round out the top five, baby. Um, and then let's go with Drew. Drew, okay. The newest douche to the list. Yeah, Eliza, I do not co-sign this list. I know. I don't, I don't I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to co-sign this one. I'm That's sorry. Fine. I'm sorry. Um, I have a, about a question from Pablo Andrade, who says, thanks, Rob, for having Eliza on the podcast. I'm a big fan of hers. My yeah, question, thanks, Rob. Yes, you're, you're welcome. My question is, does she believe that an unlikely alliance like her alliance with Chris, Twyla, and Scout could really work on Survivor? And if she wanted to be in a blood versus water season uh, with her mom. Uh, by the way, I got Rory vibes from Jeremy last night. Um, all right. So uh, a couple, a couple things there. Did you get any Rory vibes from Jeremy? I have to say I did not. You know, I didn't really, but I guess I think I see where he's coming from. Cause Rory had like a massive temper. Yes. Um, I would love to be on blood versus water with my mom. Yes. And the third question was, what was the first question uh, about? Do you see an unlikely alliance uh, forming this oh. season? Um, you know, I think the problem with a season like this is there is no unlikely alliance. All the, all the alliances are likely because of the blood versus water aspect of it. And now there's going to be a tribe swap and everything. I mean, it's like there is, I don't know if there is an unlikely alliance. Okay. I mean, I guess the city mouse country mouse thing with, um, Josh and, um, uh, Keith. Sure. Sure. I think that could work in the future, you know? Josh and Wes are really close and they bring Keith into the full. I mean, that's like an unlikely alliance, like just based on like gay guy from New York, like total redneck from backcountry, wherever. Sophie Clark wants to know, what are you going to be for Halloween? You talked about your party. Tell Sophie 
She'll find out at the party. <laughs> what? Is it a surprise? It's always a surprise. I keep my costume like super secret under wraps until like the day of. Okay. Well, this yeah, is a lot. It's like a, it's a weird thing. But can, can I love, you give I us a hint? Um, I usually pick something that happened within the last year. So um, current events. It's like a it's not super, super current because like dressing up as Ebola is like not funny. No, no, that is not dressing funny. Dressing up as like a domestic violence victim or abuser is also not funny. I mean, so it's not like as current as I'd like to be. But all the stuff that's happened recently is just too terrible and depressing and not funny. We need a break from this stuff. Yeah. So mine's like a lighter thing, but it did happen this year. OK, so something from 2014. Correct. Okay. All right. So we'll have to go in. And well, in the la- since last Halloween, I think it was. Oh no, it's definitely from 2014. Yeah. Okay, something from this year. So yes. people can guess in the comments. Tell them they're welcome to guess, and I would be like really impressed if someone guessed it. All right. Will you confirm and deny guesses in the comments? Sure. Okay. I'll send you the link. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's just take one or two more questions. Uh, this is one from Oren Shaw who wants to know, aside from scaring you as you walked into your apartment on Vine, what was it like to have Tyson around when he and Rachel visited? So what ha- Tyson scared you on the internet? No, Tyson, Tyson is so ridiculous. I walked into Steven's apartment and Tyson was there filming and he, and he like, he was like, boom. And like, I just totally jumped and panicked and it was hilarious. And then he posted it on Vine because that's just Tyson. Um, it was really fun having Tyson and Rachel in New York. We did like lots of fun things and walked around and the weather was beautiful. We did escape the room. We had a great time. Vintage Tyson scaring, scaring people and putting it on social media. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Austin Thine wants to know in order, who would you rather have arrest you? Tony, Sarah, or Derek from big brother 16? Derek. Okay. That's number one. Then Tony. (laughs) Then Sarah. Yes. All right. So Sarah would be last. Yeah. She's really unpleasant. Oh no. Why did you get into something on social media with her? No, she just got into it with everybody else. And like by the end of the season, when like, you know, Tony and I were cool and, and we'd, we'd made up and then she was just like so bitter and she seemed, I don't know, she seemed, I, I wouldn't want to be on her bad side. And if she was arresting me, presumably she would think that I had done something wrong. And so I would be scared of her. Okay. Um, well, she just had a baby. Maybe that made her, uh, oh. she's a softer side now. Oh, well, that's nice. Congratulations, Sarah. I'm sorry. I just talked shit about you. <laughs> Will Dennison wants to know, Eliza, was it, was it a good move for Hunapu to throw the challenge last night? Just kidding. Marry me. <laughs> that's a good one um uh, you know i'm not uh i don't know you so i can't accept your proposal but but good one okay um and let's see uh jonathan jonathan uh cornior wants to say most important question of them all would you return to survivor if asked and if so what would be the ideal theme would you come back for survivor rivals i would come back in a heartbeat if survivor wanted me back um, assuming I could get the time off from my job because, uh, my job is, is my passion. And so if they were like, you're going to lose your job, if you go, I think that would be a really tough, tough thing for me. Um, but I think I could get the time off. Um, and what would I want the theme to be? Um, I mean, I want it to be on brains versus brawn. We were talking about brains versus brawn for a returning season yes, for like for years. All stars. And, then, and then Lynn freaking stole our idea and did it with new people. And I was super pissed. Where does she get off stealing our ideas? That was our idea. We've been pitching brains versus brawn for years. Yeah. Um, 
But anyhow, um, if they did an all-star brains brawn beauty, I would love to do that. With Sierra. Uh, and um, I would totally do Survivor Rivals. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I wonder who they would put as my rival. Is it, who, who is would it, it be? Twyla? Twyla from Vanuatu, probably. Ah. Twyla. And well, then from Micronesia, like maybe Parvati? I don't know. I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm going to give you... Parv was totally my rival in Micronesia. Yeah. Because it was like, from, ver- from episode one, it was like, should we vote off Parvati or Eliza? Yeah, but aren't you guys actually friends in real life? Like, we don't... Shut I- <laughs> up. Stop ruining it. Uh, if I'm going to bring back a rival for you, I want it to be, I want it to be Twyla. And I yeah, want you guys... Be Twyla. I-, I want it to be Twyla. And I want Twyla to bury all your bananas before the game starts. Oh, and- I was so <laughs> mad about those bananas. I still watch that episode and it like, and it like brings back like... I have like PTSD symptoms. You tell people that. in case people don't remember from uh, from ten years ago. Uh, just what what happened with the bananas? You know, basically, in order to ripen bananas, like very unripe bananas, you bury them. Like, and if you bury them under, you know, then they ripen more more quickly. And Twyla buried the bananas, and I was like a starving child. I was like a hundred pounds, and I was dying. And I was like, I'd like a banana. Can you tell me where you buried them? And she was like, No. And I was like please tell me where you buried the bananas. I'd like a banana. And she was like, I'm going to let them rot in the ground before I'm going to let you have one of those bananas. I'm never going to give them to you. (laughs) I'm never going to give them to you. Like she was just so mean to me and like withholding food. And (laughs) And, it was like pretty evil actually. And Scout in that scene also is like right next to you. And, and is, and is like, she's like, Honey, she said she doesn't want to give you the bananas. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but like in the most condescending, gigantic, obnoxious way. Ugh. And then you that's walk away, so and they're like laughing, so like <laughs> no bananas. I know. No banana etiquette for Twyla. No bananas for you. Yes. All right, uh, Eliza. Thank you so much for coming on with us. All always oh, appreciated. Anytime. This is so much fun. I love chatting with you, and I love all all of your fans and all their questions and. And how fun this is. Well, you do keep it real. And that's all that we ask. I know. I know. Hopefully I don't make too many enemies, but <laughs> maybe I'll pick my next rival. Maybe, maybe Philip Shepard is my rival. Oh, that would be, that would be good. All right. Follow Eliza on Twitter. She's at E Orleans. Uh, she's got some hot fire, hot fire coming up from Eliza. Um, did you like that when, when Drew threw the idol to Jeff Probst? Uh, and then he walked away and, and, and he walked away and was like, uh, hot fire. I'm, I think I missed that. <laughs> yeah, just, it was so weird that he it's said so that. Weird. Hot fire. Hot fire. But then when, <laughs> when Jeff threw the idol to um, Baylor. Baylor, and I thought she was going to miss it. I'm like, he used to make us like get in, swim over, get the idol, swim back. I mean, now he's just chucking it around like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. What the hell, Jeff? I don't know. Well, hopefully they don't break the immunity idol anytime soon. I know. Okay. All right, Eliza, thank you so much. Sure, Rob. This was super fun. All right, take care. Again soon. All right, bye. Bye. All right, everybody, there you have it. That was Eliza Orleans back here with us on Rob Has a Podcast. Now, we're going to do something that we did quite a bit down the stretch last spring, and we're going to bring in our buddy Jordan Kalish. Jordan, did I say it right? No, it's Kalish. Kalish. Yes, Rob, how you doing? Are you sure? I've heard it both ways. Um, maybe with uh, I, I believe there's another fan of the podcast who pronounces it Kalish, <laughs> but my my last name is definitely Kalish. Um, and yeah, that's uh, you've been you've been saying it wrong for years now, so I, I guess I'm used to it. Jordan, you're so Kalicious. Oh, thank you. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you. 
Thank you very much for popping back in. Uh, you are somebody who has been researching all of the dates on the Survivor calendar and are here to talk about what is going on on this week in Survivor history, sponsored by our friends over at swagbucks.com. And, uh, you know, on this week in every year, uh, it's starting to get closer to Halloween, Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. Are, do you have any big Halloween plans? Are you going to Eliza's Halloween party? Um, if, if I'm invited to Eliza's Halloween party, I'll go, but I, I, I highly doubt that. <laughs> do you have any costume ideas? Uh, I haven't really thought of it yet. If you were going to do a survivor costume from this season of survivor, who would be the best survivor costume? What would it just be John Rocker? He put on the Braves Jersey. Uh, yeah, I think, I think Rocker might be the way to go or who would be the you- second choice. The second choice, maybe Spider Man. Oh yeah, Spider Man, or you could be Keith, wear a wear a fake mustache and a hat. <laughs> I think I'm gonna be Spider Man. I would tell people, no, I'm Reed from Survivor. <laughs> I'm an aerialist. Uh, yeah, that's a good. Then you could have the cold go as uh, as Josh and wear a uh, wear a buff. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So that would be a pretty good Survivor San Juan del Sur Halloween, but. For those of you guys who are not able to go as one of the survivors, it is tough to go and get a Halloween costume because one, you have to go to the store and it's crowded. And two, the costumes get expensive. But when you are using Swagbox, Jordan, Swagbox is great because you get points and then from your points, you can get cash back and gift cards because you can get up to 14% cash back from some of your favorite online stores uh, when you go shopping for your Halloween stuff with Swagbucks.com. On top of the 14% cash back, you'll also get a $5 gift card if you spend $75 or more on Halloween shopping at Target, Groupon, Living Social, and Costume Supercenter. That the way Swagbucks works, it's like a rewards card that you can use at a lot of different internet retailers and you get points and then those points are able to be converted to gift cards. So if you want to check that out, go to swagbucks.com slash RHAP. Get up to 14% cash back and a $5 gift card. If you spend more than 75 bucks, it's free to join and easy to save money. So go to swagbucks.com. That's swag, like how Rob Sisternino has swag. And then bucks, as in B-U-C-K-S dot com slash RHAP. All right, let's get into this week in Survivor history, Jordan. And and so, whereas last season we talked about every single thing that happened on this week in Survivor history, this season we're just going to sort of cherry pick the interesting things that we want to talk about here and there so that we can do this for many, many years. Yeah, I mean, we, th- we thought about it. We didn't want to get canceled after one year of this week in Survivor history by, by using everything at once. So we are going back. We're going to take uh, one or two of the, uh, the really fun moments from Survivor's history and, uh, t- and talk about them. Okay, so what happened on this past week in Survivor history? Okay, so I, I came here planning to talk about Survivor Vanuatu. This was uh, October 14th. 2004. And you told me actually before I came on that you and Eliza had already been talking about this, uh, this episode. And this is, of course, where uh, Bubba uh, whispers to Chris and the other his other former tribe members on the other tribe to uh, to throw the challenge and to think about the merge. 
And of course, you guys were talking about this because Eliza was one of the people on Bubba's tribe who overheard him. Sure. I think every I think everybody probably overheard him because he he was very loud and didn't <laughs> do a good job uh, sending a sending a signal. Well, you um, know, actually, we we even talked about this moment last week on the podcast with Antonio when we do doing the voicemails where we talked about should somebody from on the Blood versus Water season want to throw the challenge if it looks like their loved one is in danger, and then of course Drew came up with that idea. So maybe Drew was on to something of saving, but he wants to throw the challenge to save somebody else's loved one. And again, he did not control the numbers. But I wonder if we could see a similar situation play out next week after the swap, the th- the old think about the merge. Yeah, I, I mean, I think in in some situations, it would be a good idea to uh, to throw a challenge in a blood versus water. Um, obviously with Drew, it didn't make any sense. Uh, but next week, if the, if the scenario came up, uh, like, like it did with Bubba in Vanuatu, where it would have made sense for the, uh, for the, the male dominated tribe to throw the challenge and vote off a woman. And maybe they would have had them, the numbers past the merge. And obviously, except for Chris, who ended up winning the game, they, uh, they got picked off once, uh, once the two tribes merged. Is there any way Bubba could have pulled off what he was trying to do? Like, could he have done like, how like, Hey, just so these guys know over here, um, when he sa- when he said, "Hey, think about the merge," and ultimately his own tribe heard him, Eliza included, and voted him off when he wasn't going to be the next one voted off. Is there anything he could have said to get that message across without getting that message across? Like, "Hey, we are going to beat these guys today," and I don't care if it's you know that it's going to be worse for for us going into you know it, could he have done some sort of reverse psychology of like uh like hey i know these guys are going to try to to beat me today even though it doesn't make as much sense as before that could he have that framed may, it differently that may have been a better idea <laughs> i mean he couldn't have done it in in, in it could not have been possibly worse. been worse right. no so maybe if he did that, it, I don't. I still don't think it would have worked because you still have Eliza in that tribe. You still have Amy. You still have pretty smart players. Um, I don't think there's any way that uh, Bubba would have been able to pass that message to his old tribe um, unless they had made some sort of signal before the tribes merged. But if you remember in that episode, it was it was a surprise. They had they actually had um, some guy from Vanuatu come to the uh, come to the tribe, and uh, they they chose uh, Lee and Scout as the chiefs. So it, they really had no time to make any sort of uh, secret code um, to throw the challenge. But um, it, it would if they did have a code. If uh, Chris's tribe or, or the did have a challenge and voted off a woman, it would have been beneficial for the men past the merge obviously it didn't work out that way yes uh one last thing on this what if bubba had said like hey everybody hey you guys at low Pevy, just so you know we're not planning to throw the challenge today to to keep to keep the the women safe over here um absolutely not that is not what we're going to be doing today that we, that uh we talked about it that's the terrible idea we're not going to do that today and just put the seed in their head i think you'd have to maybe be <laughs> on a tribe with uh drew and shamar and some of these uh ridiculously non-perceptive players to be able to get away with that okay uh, jordan anything else from this week in survivor history yeah, there was um, actually a really, really sad moment in Survivor history. Oh, no, October what happened? Thir- October 13th, 2010. Um, and this was uh, Survivor Nicaragua. We-, we actually lost something. Um, 
in Survivor that hadn't been around for too long, and it, it made a great contribution while it was in play. And this was, of course, the Medallion of Power um, went out of use uh, when the when the tribes uh, swapped, and uh, Jeff said that we're no longer going to use this this amazing <laughs> amazing twist in Survivor history. Oh my God! So it's the end of an era. Yes, no no more Medallion of Power. It lasted four episodes, and really, like I I don't know what they were they were thinking with this. It, it was obviously a terrible idea. It, it, first of all, giving a, a tribe uh, advantage. And I believe it, it gave the tribe advantage in the, was it the reward? Of the I think it was, you could use it in any challenge, but then it would go to the other tribe once you use yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really just something that wasn't needed. I mean, there's a reason that. How dare you? Yeah. It was, I, I don't think we I'm needed alone. it. And it was huge. Both it, things. It what, what if Tony had found a medallion of power in a survivor Kagayan, would he have been able to use it? Yes. This is okay. huge. Yeah. No, the of power. Um, I think they realized pretty quickly that this was a bad idea. And I wonder if they were planning on actually using it up until the merge. Um, and then just decided, you know what, this is, uh, this is not making our game better. Um, let's get rid of the medallion of power. And obviously it's not like something like, uh, exile Island or redemption Island or blood versus water. That's come back. Um, this is something that has not come back and I don't think it ever will. Uh, oh, well, I hope um, you're wrong not, about not, that. Yeah. Not really going out on a limb. Though. I hope you're wrong about that. All right, Jordan, thank you so much this week in survivor history. Follow Jordan on Twitter at Jordan Kalish on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> is it Kalish or is it Kalish? I, th- I think on Twitter, it doesn't matter, but, okay. it, but it is Kalish. All right, I don't want to confuse people. All right, and, jo- Jordan, thank oh, you. Oh, yeah, no, no problem. Uh, anytime, Rob. All right, take care, buddy. Thanks, you too. Bye. All right, everybody, I have a really nice treat for you guys today that this is something that I've wanted to ha- make happen for a long time, and we finally did it. Here we go. Get ready. It's time for the talk of the town. Here we go. One of my favorite survivors from last season. Here's Bryce Isaiah to do your voicemails. What's going on? The talk of the town is in the building and now it's time to get down to the talk of the town. I'm ready, Rob. We're ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Bryce, I'm so excited for this. I've been excited. I'm glad we were able to, our schedules work for we can make it happen because I've been dying to get on Rob has a podcast. Good, good. Uh, first off, how's everything going for you? Everything is great. Everything is great over here in Philly. Me and the purple pants are chilling out, you know, watching this season of Survivor. So, you know, we're just hanging out. Everything's great. So far, what do you think? <sighs> so far. That was a big sigh. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. So far, I think we have a lot of great characters on this show, or I don't even know if we should call them characters, people. We've got a lot of great people, but I'm just ready for like the drama. We need like some chaos cast up in here or something. (laughs) I'm waiting for them to turn up, but I I think we have a really good group of people here. So it's exciting to watch them. What about blood versus water? You like that they did a blood versus water season? I do like that there's blood versus water. And I do like that they are fresh blood all around. So I think that is exciting, but I think I'm ready for the merge. I'm waiting for the merge. I think that's when it's really going to get cooking in the kitchen. So who would you play Survivor with on a Blood versus Water season? Um, I would probably have to play with my brother, Brendan. Uh, he is three years older than me, and uh, we're complete opposites, but we're the same. We're one and the same. Brendan's got a short temper. He's 
really, really athletic. He's really, really aggressive. So I think he will be the yin to my yang. So I will get him with the social game and my brother will kill him with the athletics and stuff. So I think we would be a pretty good combo. But my brother on the first episode, he would be like yelling and cursing people out. <laughs> See, I think that's pretty good. I feel like that'd be a good spot to bring you back because, you know, it's tough sometimes to get people back that are from the before the merge. It's bad enough, not dateable. But also, you know, you try to get them back on the show. But if they have like uh, almost like a Monica Culpepper, if they if they have a loved one that they really like of yours, then they'll, they'll bring you back. I, you know, we'll see. You know, I'm waiting for the call. All right. All right. Well, I'll campaign for it. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Let, let's get it popping. OK, let's go. ahead. Let's start to get into some voicemails because we have so many people that left questions for you. Almost. It might be a record setting number wow. of phone calls. I, I, I've lost count. It was it was probably between uh, 70 to 80 phone calls that I wow. listened to. Wow. I'm excited. Yes. I, Robin, I think on the answer machine, I think you should rap on it. I, I th- <laughs> <laughs> well, will you do the rap on the voicemail? I, you know, I, I'll do the rap on the voicemail. Uh, here, record it now. We'll go. <laughs> you want me to? You want me to to uh, drop a beat for you? I mean, here. you know, here you, you go. Can drop me, drop me a beat. All right, you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't have just this karaoke version. Oh, God. I, I'll get you the instrumental, Rob. I'll get you the instrumental. Good, good. And then, I, and then I'll do my, I'll do my rap, and then you can uh, tell me how I did. Okay, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> oh, okay. I, was not, I wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> We're ready. We're ready for everything. Yeah. All right. So let, let's take our first voicemail with Bryce and uh, let's take a question. Uh, let's go to Daniel, who's going to lead this off. And uh, Daniel wants to know about your take on Reed and Josh. Let's, let's get into talking about them. Well, hey, I. Hold on. You got to wait for uh, me to play. Sorry. <laughs> you got to play the call. Hey, Robin Bryce. First of all, I'd like to say to Bryce, I'm really sorry it didn't go so far in Kagayan. You were definitely one of my favorites. And second of all, what do you guys think in general about Reed and Josh? I remember that you were saying that Josh is going to be inferior to Reed because he's going to annoy everyone with his Broadway hijinks. But so far, despite some questionable stuff like the Baylor vote at the beginning, I think he's been playing a really good game. And I think he's on the top of a totem pole here on Kyopa, whereas Reed just put a really random vote to Julie for no reason. And he's out of the majority right now. I don't think he's in danger. But he doesn't really give me the vibe. He's a great player so far. So what do you think? Do you track the statement that Reed is superior to Josh? I want to see what you guys think. And of course, take care. <laughs> dot, 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 boop. No, dot, 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 boop. Uh, 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 it started off already. <laughs> yes. All right. So let's talk about John and Reed uh, a little bit. In the preseason, I said that I liked Reed better than Josh, but I think Josh has certainly had more airtime going forward. Reed has been very much under the radar. He also has kind of a kooky vote last night. He and Keith end up voting for Julie. Uh, first of all, what, uh, what's your take on these two guys? Um, I like them a lot. I think Survivor did a great job picking these two. I think they're super athletic and they are definitely into strategizing and playing the game. So, you know, they they definitely get thumbs up in my book. Um, and definitely Josh. Josh is seeming to be like a leader. Everyone's flocking to Josh, and I like that. Um, so I, I'm really rooting for Josh. However, I feel like that might come to a point where people are going to turn on him because I feel like everyone's flocking to him, and he's going to put a target on his back. So, I mean, I really do like Josh, and I really do hope that Josh goes far. 
Okay, so who do you think is in the better position, though? But see, I also think in watching last week's episode or last night's episode, Reed kind of like stepped it up for me in the challenge with the swim. And I'm like, go ahead, Reed, do that. So, but I, what I do think is Reed is a sleeper. And I think Reed, first of all, I mean, last night with that vote, everyone was voting all over the place. So you, I just felt like tribal was a mess. So I don't think that we can just hit that crazy vote that he voted for. It was just kind of, they were all over the place. So I feel like Reed is going to be a sleeper. I, I kind of feel like Reed might last a little longer than Josh because to me, Josh has a bigger target because he's playing the game a lot smarter. And I feel like people can see that. Okay. So you say you like Reed to go further than Josh. I mean, I, I guess if I have to say that, because I feel like Reed's a sleeper. I feel like during those critical moments towards the end, I feel like Reed is going to really shine through. Okay. Uh, let's take another question uh, that we want to start to get your take on what went down at that crazy tribal council. Let's take a question from William here, uh, and he wants to know your take on this. Hey, Robin Bryce. This is Will from Niagara Falls, New York. Last night's episode was pretty interesting and got me thinking about Survivor Kageon. In that season, Jatia dumped the rice on the fire and lasted more tribal councils than Drew did this season. So does that mean going forward, dumping the rice on the fire isn't the worst Survivor move you can make? Love to hear what you guys think. Keep it going. So Bryce, is dumping the rice on the fire better than what Drew did last night? Um, I don't know. Jumping the rice on the fire is pretty classic. Or I mean, or losing the flint on the first episode, then trying to bargain <laughs> it back. I don't know which one could be worse. But um, I think Jatia back on our season, she was kind of that that whole tribe was a mess. So I felt like, you know, that was kind of her saving grace. What's up, Jatia? You know, that's my girl. I love Jatia. But I don't know. Drew was kind of working my nerves last <laughs> night. Uh, he was all over the place. Like, I couldn't believe he brought that. When he brought that flint to Jeff and was trying to bargain, literally my jaw dropped. Like, that was like a dot, dot, mm moment. Like, I would have looked at him <laughs> like, bruh, what's going on? But I really feel like Drew, like, his just whole attitude got the best of him. And I, I feel like he was exposed, like, too early on. Like, he was just too, he was too over the top for me. He needed to, like, have a couple of seats in the sand and sit down and be quiet. <laughs> like, that's not how you win Survivor, boo. Like, not at all. No, no. Um, now, if you were on that tribe, and let's mm. say, okay, let's say uh, that the beauty tribe, you guys lost the Flint and LJ was in the, the Drew position and LJ tells you guys, you know what? I found the Flint. Let's, I'm going to ask Jeff to make a trade back with us. Do you let him just go do it or do you try to talk him out of it? I definitely would try to talk him out of it. I would have to, you know, talk in the horse language for LJ, you know how <laughs> LJ is. Yes. So, you know, and LJ probably would have, might have thought it was a horseshoe or something. So, oh. But no, <laughs> that's not, I don't feel like that's something. After Jeff's reaction to the first time they lost the plant, I would, we, I, we would have had to dead that conversation in the sand. Let's not bring that back up to Jeff because Jeff wasn't that nice. So, like, did, I mean, do you really think he's going to, it's Survivor. Again, let's reiterate, we're on Survivor. Do you really think Jeff is going to help you out that much? I don't think so. But what if it's somebody who's not in your alliance? What if it's somebody who you don't really like in the tribe? Do you want to see them do something stupid or you feel like the whole tribe looks bad? I feel like at this point in the game, the whole tribe looks bad. So have a seat and sit down. Okay. Um, sorry. So we already made the comparison of Drew to... Jatia, but somebody wants to make another comparison back to Survivor Kagiyan. Let's go to Danny, who wants to make another comparison. 
Hi, Robin Bryce. This is Danny from Chile calling. My question is, which one episode downfall arc was funnier? Garrett's or Drew's? Love the podcast. Bye. <laughs> All right. What do you think? Uh, who, who, was, who had a better downfall in one show, Garrett or Drew? Uh, that's a hard one because Garrett's downfall was pretty epic. You know, with his chicken, he wanted someone to just bring chicken on a plate to him. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's pretty classic. So I'm going to have to go with Garrett on that. What probably was the bigger downfall because, yeah, that was just... I mean, that was, what, day two for Garrett? So I'm probably going to have to go with Garrett, even though Drew's downfall was pretty epic and just colossal in my book because it's like you're on Survivor. You realize you're out here with other people. Like, And I don't think Drew didn't care at all. Drew was just like, I'm going to just, my opinion, and that's the end of it, my way or the highway. And clearly that doesn't work this early on. But didn't at least Garrett survive one vote that he went and voted off David Sampson? It, wouldn't you have to say that Drew is worse because he got voted off on the first time he got to go to tribal council? Well, you know, I'm a little sensitive about people getting voted off the first time their tribe goes to tribal council. So, yeah, um, okay. <laughs> but that's, but I feel like it's a little, a little different uh, with you. I, I feel like that people wanted to come after you because they felt threatened by you. I feel like it's a little bit of a different story. And I, and I almost feel like I could almost relate to you last season when I played in Survivor All-Stars because I was on a tribe of six, just like you were. And there, and there were some, you know, a, Two like two uh, in I had Robin Amber, and mm-hmm. then uh, there were some strong alliances on on your tribe early on between Jeffra and LJ, and it was sort of tough to be able to uh, break into that alliance if you were on the outside looking in. No, I was going to say absolutely. That's probably a great comparison, and especially when you know you know what's going on, and you're not dumb and oblivious. So it, it's definitely hard when you have like you know those strong players, and they're out to root for you for no real reason. Yeah, but in this case, you had Drew who decided to you know let's throw the challenge to get rid of somebody. He wasn't in any danger of going home, and he kind of got the vote put onto him. Uh, and then Garrett, who also was sort of like running the the alliance and then made everybody mad at him when he said nobody was allowed to talk. And he had an immunity (laughs) idol in his pocket also. True. But I, and so I also say that maybe even Garrett, because you're on Survivor, who puts everyone in timeout and says, (laughs) you can't talk. (laughs) Like, so, I mean, that's pretty crazy. But I will say, I mean, Drew definitely shot himself in the foot like several times throughout this episode. So I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm leaning more towards Drew because I'm listening to what you're saying. And, and Drew just from throwing the challenge, from just coming back after the challenge and not even trying to be sneaky. Like, and clearly the tribe does not have a group consensus. And you're out here, you know, throwing Kelly under the bus left and right. And, you know, Jeremy was done with him. So I don't know. I might have to say that Drew probably took the cake for this one. Yeah. I think Drew, it was it was tougher. I feel like with, with Garrett, I almost kind of think I know where he was coming from a little bit more. The Drew thing was just like, you know, I, was, I asked Drew about it this morning and he said he didn't even know what he was doing. Yeah, I, and you can clearly see that. And especially, <laughs> yeah, so I would probably say Drew just because it just seemed out of left field. But either, but I felt like with Drew, that or his just attitude was going to catch up to him sooner than later. But I really kind of thought Drew was going to go far just because he was so athletic. 
Um, and he was kind of annoying. And so those two combinations on Survivor sometimes really work out for you. Yeah, sometimes people can say, I want to keep this person around for as long as possible. Absolutely. And so he would have had that that flag on his back. So, I mean, he could have definitely been someone that you will want to bring to the end with you. Yeah. Okay. Well, unfortunately for no! Drew, it was just too early for that. He's got he's to make it around. He's got to make it further uh, for that stuff. Okay. Let's take yeah, a, he had to go. Let's take another question here. Uh, let's take one. This is from uh, Chris from Commerce, Texas. And uh, let me bring up his question right here. Here's Chris. Hey, Rob, this is Chris from Commerce, Texas. I was watching episodes tonight and just wondering who Drew reminded me of. He reminded me of somebody I've seen before, and I figured it out. Michael Scott from The Office. The guy thinks he's in control all the time, but says all these stupid things and makes these (laughs) bumbling moves and really thinks he's got it all together when everybody realizes and knows that he's a joke. So I was wondering what you thought about this relationship to a beloved comedic failure of a character uh, from modern comedy. Anyways. That's what I had to say. Love the podcast. Bye. Bryce, does (laughs) Drew remind you of Michael Scott from The Office? I I could definitely see that comparison. Definitely thinks they're in charge and definitely has no social awareness of like what people actually think is going on around them. So I think that that's a that's a really good comparison. All right. I I have to think about it for a second. I'm going to think about it. No, God. No, God, please, no, 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 no. Uh, We had that clip ready from uh, we had Michael and Scott on The Amazing Race this season. (laughs) We had some fun with that uh, the other day. All right. uh, Let's let's see. uh, Let's take it. Let's take another question here. Um, Let's go to uh, how about this one? Let's go to Will Sardo here. Uh, let me scroll down. Will Sardo. What's up, Will? Hey, Rob, it's Will Sardo here, and uh, I had a question for you about Julie. Did you notice during the episode that she was wearing two buffs, one around her chest and the other around her head? I just wanted to know, is this usually allowed? The, will the producers give you two buffs if you ask for it? I don't know. This is just something I was wondering about. Love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Bye. All right, Bryce, what's going on with Julie? Julie gets to wear two buffs? Well, I mean, do you see the knockers on Julie? I think she might need three or four buffs. <laughs> do you get more buffs based on your bra size? Um, you know, I don't know. But, you know, I think it maybe she probably, you know, our season at nighttime, a lot of the time they, we would share buffs, even though it's kind of nasty because you spit and all that stuff. But I think maybe she would have borrowed a buff from somebody. Hmm. But since we're on Julie, can I just say that she kind of shocked me this episode. I was rather shocked by Julie. Now, you know, originally I wasn't a huge fan of Miss Julie when Jeremy kind of came out and took the the tribe by storm and kind of outed, <laughs> great term to use for John, about his past. <laughs> I was I didn't like Julie's reaction. I kind of felt like she went off crying. And I felt like if this is your boyfriend, if this is the man that you're going to marry, like you should stand up for him. And I, I was like, you know, like, what is she doing? But I really liked it the way she played it um, when she found out that he was gone, how she mm-hmm. said she wanted to separate himself from him and that, you know, she kind of knew his attitude. I was shocked. I'm like, wow, maybe Julie... And her boobies are playing the game a little bit more than I thought. Like, I just was like, wow, that really kind of shocked me. So Julie got some purple pants points for me this episode. So if you wanted her to stand by him, though, how come you liked it so much that she acted like she didn't care? 
Well, because in my mind, I'm thinking it was strategic. I'm thinking that she didn't address the group because she knew she wouldn't be able to win. Because they were already going... I mean, some of the stuff that John said back in the day... Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, I, I'm... You know, that made me like her a little bit more when I started thinking about it. Like, you know, she's actually... She thought about that. Julie put some thought in it. And I was like, wow, Julie's a thinker. So... I, I just, you know, I gave Julie some some purple pants points this episode because I, I was ready to write Julie off because it doesn't look like, you know, she's playing the game much. You know, she reminds me a lot of Morgan, like very pretty and, you know, doesn't want to do much around camp. But the way she played, you know, John going home, I was rather shocked. So kudos to you, Julie. Yes. A lot of people have said that Julie is reminding them of Morgan. Definitely. I think Morgan's <laughs> a little cuter, but... <laughs> I thought she was hot. Who Morgan? Well, yeah, that's well, that was LJ's analysis, but no, definitely Morgan is definitely a hottie toddy. Julie's <laughs> hot too, but all right, Bryce, I want to ask you a question about John Rocker, and, and this is something that that I want to know, and something that I don't know the the answer to. But you had Josh last week, who was in the alliance with John Rocker, and he knew that John Rocker was kind of a guy with a with a big temper, and you know, sort of somebody who was you know somewhat toxic, but he didn't know his backstory. And he didn't know about the whole thing of that, you know, that you talked about John Rocker's comments that he made in the past. Mm-hmm. And then it was after the, they go to that tribal council and they have that big sort of altercation with everybody and they start to argue and you see sort of like the bad, the bad side of John Rocker come out. But also Josh finds out that he made uh, these, all, all these, you know, derogatory remarks in this Sports Illustrated article from, you know, 15 years ago. Do you think that part of what Josh had to go through in his head was, well, you know, I, I am a gay person. This is somebody who is, everybody's telling me, made all of these homophobic remarks. Do you think that Josh is saying to himself at all, boy, I can't, you know, have people see me working with somebody like this? Or when I get home, people are going to give me a lot of crap for working with somebody who made homophobic remarks? I mean, that's a tough question just because, you know, you know, everyone should deserve a second chance and we're on Survivor. And, you know, to me, that would be something that I would want to keep in my bag like Josh was doing. But, you know, through that tribal and seeing Josh go off and even at the challenges, it just put a bad taste in my mouth. And, you know, playing survivor like coach would play you know the purest heart you know (laughs) i would think that maybe he would need to go but that's definitely a tough thing when somebody you know disrespects you know everything in which you stand for you know (laughs) if i was on there it would be definitely an issue because you know i'm multiple things that you know yeah john john disagreed with uh back in the day so but so i mean that's definitely a hard question i don't even know if i'm answering it i feel like i'm dancing around it but um, I just think after his actions just throughout it, he would have had to go. And then his sub alliances that he was making all throughout. So, I mean, I think Josh did a good thing. I, I definitely think that it was a hard thing to go. But I mean, John would have been one of my day ones from, from the get go. Um, yeah. With John. I, and I don't know. I think it's an interesting question and one that, you know, I, I certainly can't answer. But I, I wonder if, would, you know, would other gay people say to Josh when he came home, like, dude, what are you doing with John Rocker? How could you do? How could you do this? 
Definitely. But we also, and you know, the LBGT, LBGT community, we definitely want to bridge that gap. And we definitely want to let people know that, you know, we are human beings and, you know, that you can say something in the past and kind of recover from it. So maybe it, it could have been a good learning experience for Josh and John um, at the same time. But definitely, like, you know, that's one of them side eye, you know, when you see it going <laughs> down, like you get that side eye, like, whoa. Like, whoa, Josh, what you doing there, boy? <laughs> but um, definitely, so. <laughs> Josh did not want any side eye. He didn't want any side eye, you know? Yeah. He did, He, you know, so he had to get rid of John, but I, I'm kind of glad John's gone. So now do you think that Josh will get like a pat on the back from people like when he goes places? <laughs> like, hey, Josh, I just want to say again, good work on that whole yeah. John Rocker thing. You hit a home run on that one, Joshy boy. <laughs> yes. yes, good job. All right, let's take a question from Kayla. Here we go. Here's Kayla. Hi, Robin Bryce. This is Kayla. So the women were getting props for their move last night, but do we think they might have made a slight misstep by not giving the guys a courtesy heads up on where to vote? Now they've drawn a line in the sand, and the three people on the outside all have built-in ties with the Coyopa Alliance. And these Coyopas might end up being a unified group like the brains from last season. So depending on how this swap shakes out, I wouldn't be surprised to see any one of Keith, John, or Reed flip on whoever they end up with from the Hunapu 5. And I'd love to know what you guys think. Uh, have a good day and take care. Okay, so Kayla basically wants to know, did the women make a mistake? I mean, could they have gone to the guys and say, hey, we're voting off Drew anyway, because now they sort of have these people that stayed in the game in John and Reed and Keith who didn't vote with the majority who could be pissed and now if they go to a swap could they pull something like where we had with your your tribe after the swap where they're all going after each other and trying to sell everybody out yeah but I mean so I think that first of all I love the way Kayla said that one tribe's name um but I don't know because I felt like this probably for the girls was probably the most smartest move because if not then i mean it it, it more than likely could have been kelly uh last night or even julie so i kind of felt like for looking at it from their side i felt like that was a smart move for them to make and what i also feel like in survivor sometimes it's hard to think of like again you always have to think about your end game but you can't get to the end without worrying about today. And so it's like you got to really take it one day at a time. So you really have to kind of figure out what's going on. So I, I think, you know, Natalie, Julie and Kelly made a good decision and Missy by getting Drew out because, I mean, what else was their move? I just kind of felt like that was an obvious play for them to do. And I, it worked out. But I mean, they do have to worry about the ones on the outs having those lovers on or, you know, loved ones on the other side because they can work together. But I mean, I think we're just going to have to wait and see at this point, because like we know from previous seasons of Survivor, you just never know what's going to be the reason that someone's going to get voted out that night. Like someone could wake up and fart and, <laughs> and it pissed everyone happen? off. I mean... <laughs> That's not That's, what happened to you, is it? Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. You know, I walked off when I farted. All but, right, that was good. That was a good strategy. Yes. But <laughs> so you just never know. But I definitely think that they made the the right decision by getting Drew out because I mean, he from what we saw, Drew was just annoying and obnoxious and playing his own game. Like you're playing your own game too early on, Drew. Okay. So uh too much too soon. Who if there is a swap though, do you think those guys will flip against the women? 
I mean, possibly, but then they also could come to get. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That's a hard thing to say. Who knows? Do you think? Do you think it's a swap coming? I mean, do oh yeah, well, it is a swap. I'm thinking of a merge, not yeah, swap. In the preview, yeah, they're showing that they're gonna. There's gonna be some sort of a shakeup this next yeah. episode, but we don't so, know what's gonna happen. So you never know. We never know. Uh, do you think that they will set it up in a way that the loved ones won't be on the same tribe with their loved ones? Like, do you think they'll just like swap up all of the buffs? Like in the last Survivor Blood versus Water, they had a swap, and you ended up with. Tina and Katie, I believe, were ended up on the same tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm trying to think if any of, of the other ones. Uh, Vetus was there with them. But I think that, that Tina and Katie might have been the only The pair. only ones. Yeah, they were the only ones. Yeah. yeah. The only pair that got swapped together. So what do you think about if they did a swap at this point here? I mean, it definitely could shake things up because then again, you can be put on the tribe with your loved one. And then if you have to go to tribal, then the, the rest of the tribe is looking at you like you two are together. So then there's a target on your back. So it, it actually may not pay to have a loved one on the mix up when you go. Like anything can put a, a target on your back. So, I mean, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. I wonder if they could do it where you didn't end up having any loved ones on the same tribe. So it's like, okay, John and Jacqueline, you, sw- you switch. Uh, other than the people who have loved ones, they would all get to stay together. So you'd end up with, you know, uh, John still with Keith and still with Reed. Yeah. So I don't know. They probably will have it switched up where if you get with your loved one, you get with your loved one. Yeah. I probably think they always like to isolate one. Like Sarah, you know, she was the one uh, last time when they did the little switch up, she was the only one from the bronze tribe on her thing. So I'm pretty sure there'll probably be like a couple. They'll, you know, they'll be, a couple that's together and everyone else will be apart. All right. Let's take a question here from one of our old friends, uh, Leaf Manson. <laughs> Leaf. Hello, Rob. It's Leaf Manson. Long time no talk. Do you really believe that Drew intentionally threw that challenge? Yes, he did talk about it beforehand, but I don't believe what we saw last night was a true portrait of a man consumed by self-destruction. He seemed legitimately displeased by his performance in the moment, and I believe the editor certainly intended to convey some shades of ambiguity in his confessionals afterwards over the quote-unquote throwing of the challenge. Was Drew only trying to save his face, as the old saying goes, after a lackluster tossing of rings? What do you think, Rob? Ta-ra! All right, thank you, <laughs> Leaf, for a great question. Uh, so... Bryce, what, what, what do you think about this? Uh, do you think that Drew actually was trying in the challenge and then after he did bad in the challenge, he says that he was trying to throw the challenge? I honestly believe that Drew was trying to throw the challenge because if you watch, because I actually, I, you know, I rewind my survivors when moments like when, you know, Good job. Ale- alleged moments like this. And if you watch that first Frisbee that Drew throws, I mean, it's nowhere near where the Frisbee is supposed to be going. So, I, you know, after, you know, I did my rewind play, my verdict is that he definitely through the challenge for what reason again i'm not 100 percent sure yes um at this point other than probably to try to make like a big survivor play in the beginning but and you see where that landed you drew but so i don't think so i think drew honestly was really trying and you could see him like taking the uh you know taking the 
the rings from people, just like, you know, when he gave Kelly that pep talk, like, you know, I don't like when you're snatched from me. He was snatching the rings from people. So I definitely think he definitely was trying to throw the challenge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. I think he was trying to throw the challenge. When I talked to him on the exit interview, he said that not only was he trying to throw the challenge, he said that Jeremy and John and Natalie were also in on throwing the challenge. Uh, and that's why they had Jeremy sit out of the challenge. Uh, and that's why they went into that. That's an interesting, interesting ploy. That's back when they still were Team Drew. <laughs> yes, I guess so. And then, I don't know, I guess they came back and they couldn't decide who to vote out. But, you know, that's the thing about Drew. You know, he's he's kind of a badass. Keyword, kind of. Listen. So, um, basically, I'm a badass. Yeah. <laughs> he's basically a badass. A self-proclaimed badass. <laughs> yes. So, um, basically, I'm a badass. <laughs> He's basically a badass. I guess I'm basically a badass, too. You know, I, I guess basically you are, Rob. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's let's take another question. Uh, let's go down to... Uh, this is a question from somebody named Nadia, but not the girl that's on Survivor. Okay? Got it. Okay. Hi, this is Nadia from Brisbane. Um, I wanted to know whether you thought... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Muffin uh, would be the player who is rumoured to quit this season. Not that she's rumoured, but, you know, the teaser, which was that someone was going to quit. Do you think it is going to be Muffin? <laughs> Sorry, that just gets me every time. Okay, thank you. Okay, Bryce, do you think that Muffin will be the player to quit the game? I don't think. And is a Muffin, I'm assuming, is Kelly, right? And, like, Natalie is her confidant. Like, what does Muffin think, though? Like, we don't see Muffin at all. Like, uh, sorry, Missy. What does Missy say? <laughs> what do you think about Muffin? Is she going to quit the game? It, it Muffin is... Wait, I'm Muffin is Missy, right? I was like, who's Muffin? <laughs> Missy, Missy. What is Missy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Because you know There's what? some I confusion. Would, I'm not sure. Is, is it Missy or Muffin? Is it Missy or Muffin? Maybe we need to ask one of her five husbands. They can figure <laughs> it out for us. Oh, no. Uh, do you think that she well uh now has she quit on anything ever before i don't know has she <laughs> i don't know <laughs> oh wow <laughs> that one went over my head has she ever know. walked away from anything that wasn't working i don't know yeah who knows you know she said she goes with her instinct when she went with jeremy uh <laughs> on the first episode she went with her gut instinct i was thinking like boo at this point you might want to stop going with that gut instinct <laughs> do the opposite do the opposite. Yeah, um, this is George Costanza. Exactly. So I definitely could see Miss Muffin quitting only because she kind of pissed me off on, I think it was the <laughs> second challenge when, you know, it was the, 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 I don't know what you call the challenge, the fight challenge, which ah, I want to, I wanted to play that challenge so bad. But when she, you know, hit Miss Baylor and Baylor was like, oh, and then, you know, she was like, oh, are you okay, sweetie? And Bella's like, no, mom, just go. And she was like, no, but are you okay? And Bella was like, just go. And then she wasn't really into it anymore. And then she just got pushed off. Yeah, she was sad. I'm like, come on, boo. You on Survivor. Bust that lip open and keep it moving. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't, I definitely could see a possible Missy. Or, I don't know why, I could also see uh, Julie. I could see Julie possibly giving out the boot. <laughs> why why would julie quit i don't know julie just might get sad and she might miss her johnny rocker so she might quit i don't know because i don't know whether or not you know 
with this strategic plan that she's got. And I don't really know if that's real or if that's just a front. Because she looks sad. A lot of the time when we see Julie, she looks sad, you know, walking up the beach and her, like, knockers are like, bum, 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 bum. She just looks <laughs> sad. <laughs> I just feel like that she looks sad. She, I think she has sort of, like, resting sad face because <laughs> I, I think that she just, like, has, like, the lips that are kind of, like, <laughs> like, permanently pouty. And True. I think she looks like she's just like, mm. Yeah, maybe it's been a uh, a while since she's got a refill, so you know. <laughs> she <looks> sad. <laughs> so she looks sad. She's getting movement back in her face. You know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, uh, let's take a, let's take another question. Uh, let's go to Austin Trump has a question for you. Hey, Robin Bryce, this is Austin calling from Maryland. I uh, just had a question for Bryce um, because, well, I'm a freak. And Bryce, I hear you're a freak. So my question is, do you think it would be possible for us to get freaky all week? Thanks. Just want to let, just want to hear your thoughts. Well, it all depends, Austin, if you're neat. You know. Yeah. What do you think? Come on, Austin. You a freak. I'm a freak. Let's get freaky all week. <laughs> all week? All week. Who has that kind of time? Listen, Rob, when you're a freak, it doesn't matter, okay? I guess so. I must not be a freak. All week. Like all I, week. Like, I, you know, I think you lose me on, like, uh, on <laughs> all day. Seven days. Come on, Rob. You got to get your stamina up, okay? <laughs> Is it like a work week or like a full week? Well, we'll go with a work week. We'll go with a work week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I, I don't have a weekend in me. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Um, all right, so let's let's go to another question here. Uh, let's see what Grant has to say. Uh, let's take Grant's question. What up, Grant? Hey, Rob. This is Grant from New Jersey. So I picked Alec Prugame as the winner, and while God knows I regret that choice now, I've been keeping a careful eye on his edit because of that. My question is, what's your takeaway from his and Baylor's scene in last night's episode? Was it to show he's just another Drew? Was his apology later on in the scene supposed to turn it positive? Or was it all just to show Baylor's excellent social game? We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Thanks. Yeah, what was going on with that part where they showed where Alec and Baylor are having sort of like a... Like, are the is this like shades of a romance? Is he like pulling her pigtails? Are they? Do they have a rivalry? Do they hate each other? I, you know... You know, Rob, I'm a social worker, and a lot of the times I see hurt kids hurt other people. And I just feel like Alec has been <laughs> bullied by his brother so much that at the first chance, you know, for him to bully someone else, he just took it out on Baylor. But I was cracking up when he like he was like, don't smash that paper on my hand. And she was like, but I, <laughs> I didn't snatch the paper. And when he like took it back, it was like, you did snatch it was cracking me up so i don't know that was weird but again those type of antics don't work on survivor like you know I, i'm gonna show I, i'm gonna show you what my dad did to me and you know to make you a, a, a better person well newsflash alex you're not baylor's father um so well let's just keep- uh, hey look if he ends up on the right tribe with uh with missy with me maybe missy- he could be he could be number six. He might be stepdad number six. I don't know. It depends if Muffin goes with her instincts. So I don't know what we'll have to see. But yeah, that was awkward. But I also think that on Survivor, sometimes um, this happened with Jeffra and I a lot, where Jeffra 
and I would bump heads. And um, it wasn't really shown a lot, but we would bump heads a lot. Um, Jeffra would kind of like work my nerves a little bit and I would almost be a little mean to her. And then I would do a little damage control. And I, like, you know, an hour later, I'd be like, Jeffra, you know, I love you, you my boo. So I definitely think that that's kind of what's happening here. And I don't think that the viewers really realize that, you know, although the show is condensed to 60 minutes, we are out there 24-7 with each other. So we get the good, the bad, and the ugly. And a lot of the times, like, people's little tics start to really work your nerves. So I think Alex was just, Alec was snapping a little bit. But you also have to remember, like, you know, we're on Survivor, so you're being watched. But so I definitely think, you know, it got the best of Alec. Is Drew such a badass that he actually <laughs> has, is able to screw up two different survivors games in himself <laughs> and his brother before he ever came to the island? I don't, you know, that self, you know, when you're that self-proclaimed badass, Rob, <laughs> you do have that capability. So I don't know. He might have, you know, spoiled Alex already. Alex is, you know, now that he's not with his brother, he wants to, you know, be the bully to other people. <laughs> so I don't know. So, um... <laughs> Basically, I'm a badass. <laughs> wow. You could be such a badass that you can mess up your family also. Yes. You're a badass on Coyopa too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's take a question from one of our uh, listeners, Sam, who has a question for Bryce. Here's Sam. Hi, Robin Bryce. This is Samuel Tarley of the Night's Watch, sending you a raven from Westeros. Bryce, I know that you're a fan of my hit HBO show, Game of Thrones. If you had to pick, who on Game of Thrones is Drew the most like? Is he a Targaryen? Is he a Lannister? Is he dot, 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 Hodor? (laughs) How about the rest of the players this season? Also, how would I do on Survivor? I'd like to apply, but I'm so craven. Love to hear your thoughts. (laughs) Bye. All right, Bryce, is it it true you're a fan of Game of Thrones? I am a fan of Game of Thrones. Hey, Sam, shout out to you. I, Drew is already, in my mind, Drew is a Joffrey, dead and gone. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh, definitely. Drew is a guy. Joffrey was a badass, too. Well, and he was a self-proclaimed badass, too, so <laughs> it works out. Yeah. So, um, basically, <laughs> I'm a badass. Uh, I'm going to say that. I'm going to be saying that at work tomorrow. I'm going to just walk up to somebody. Basically, I'm a badass. (laughs) I think anybody who actually is a badass, uh, one, doesn't use the word basically beforehand. And I think that, too, I think it's the kind of thing, if you have to declare it, it means it's not true. (laughs) Hello, Rob. I'm from Philly, the home of the badasses. And... You don't walk around the street saying that you a badass in Philly, so <laughs> definitely not. But to answer Sam's question, I definitely think there's a lot of uh, a lot of similarities in our cast for Game of Thrones. And it was funny because during pre-game when we were out in Kagian, I was like writing down people's names <laughs> that I thought were like characters. Uh, who is who? <laughs> um, so I definitely thought at the time Jeffra was. Um, so Cersei? Get, definitely, Jeff. She was definitely Cersei. Um, who I had given a good one for when I first met Jeremiah, and like you know, when we first we can't sure, talk. Sure, I was definitely thinking Jeremiah was going to be a part of the the Night's Watch, and that he was. I was thinking in my mind, you know, he's going to be a John Snow. John Snow. But okay, but definitely not. Who definitely. was Tony? Oh God. <laughs> 
<laughs> Tony's character, uh, that's a hard one. <laughs> Who would I say Tony is? Uh, I don't even know. That's to be continued. <laughs> that's a to be continued one. Right, who, else? Be a, who else? Anybody? Uh, I, I definitely, uh, who was my censor? Who was my, who did I say was censor? All right, Rob, you're catching me off guard. Uh, sorry. I, have this, I have this all written down, too. I have to find this, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to tweet them to you guys. All right, so if, you, guys if you have them, let us let us I, know. I definitely will know. But Game of Thrones is awesome. I love Game of Thrones. I can't wait okay. until the Mother of Dragons comes back. I know, but, and you, you're into what? Sons of Anarchy also? Uh, Sons of Anarchy. I'm Team <laughs> Gemma over here. Team uh, Gemma? I, I, I do. I love Gemma. Gemma is my girl. Gemma rides or dies. And, you know, I'm Team Jax Taylor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jax. Woo! But, um, and, to, and throughout the season, I don't know on your take on this. We're getting off topic. But I just was... Well, don't, don't get too much into, don't okay. get too much into spoilers. Yeah. Or, okay. or but, uh, no, but that's, that's great. I always see you tweet about uh, Sons of Anarchy. What about <laughs> Walking Dead? You watch that one? I am like, so I'm on and off of Walking Dead. So I'm, I'm behind seasons, but I am on the weekends catching up on Netflix. So I do watch Walking Dead. I do like Walking But it's just too many shows on that I can't watch live. So I'm on that track on Netflix. Okay. All right. We'll catch up so you can watch our post-show recaps of uh, Walking Dead. I'm on it. Okay. Let's go to another question. Uh, let's take a question from Megan. And let's play Megan's. Hey, Robin Bryce. This is Megan from Ohio. I just wanted to know your thoughts on who you think will benefit the most from the impending tribe swap and who you think will be hurt the most by it. Thanks. Love the podcast. Bye. All right, Bryce, who benefits from a tribe swap? Um, I'm definitely thinking the people that without loved ones are going to benefit. So I'm thinking Natalie probably is going to benefit. I'm thinking Jeremy is going to benefit from it. I'm even thinking at this point, Alec might benefit from a tribe swap um, or who I'm thinking. Um, I don't know how I feel about Reed and Josh from a tribe swap. I think they might get hurt from a tribe swap if they get pinned with the the wrong combination of people or my thoughts on it. Yeah, it could, you know, the people who are in the good positions typically will get hurt in a tribe swap. And the people that are in the bad positions, the people that we think are going to get voted out next, like John, for instance, could get helped by a tribe swap. Definitely. Yes. Uh, so we'll see exactly what happens. You know, you have the people who are in the other tribe also. Dale is somebody who's going to get really helped out with the tribe swap because he looks like he's next to go. Absolutely. Dale, I'm going to need Dale. I like Dale. I was rooting from Dale when he broke those glasses apart. <laughs> you like that. <laughs> when he, had, he stepped it up. But Dale needs to get into the social game, okay? He needs to, like, do some sign language with his daughter Kelly and get it together but he definitely needs to get into this social game because it seems like Dale is on a tribe of his own like I just feel like he just is like well I don't know what happened (laughs) oh that happened so uh yeah I I like Dale but Dale needs to get it together quickly he's he's too busy thinking about the amazing race and what happened yeah Like, hey, there's that other twenty over there. I gotta remember what happened with the, with those amazing racers. Got to make sure that doesn't happen to me. Doesn't happen to him, you know. <laughs> they weren't honest. They gotta go. <laughs> do you watch Amazing Race? I do watch Amazing Race. Yes. Were you happy to see the twenties on Survivor? I was excited to see them on Survivor. Yes, but not anymore. 
<laughs> I'm gonna just leave it at the dot dot. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. <laughs> what what are, what are the twenties doing? Was it was it that Natalie said that Josh was like one of the girls? It, that kind of now okay. So I just clear it up a little bit. So I'm definitely rooting for the twins, but it definitely kind of pissed me off as a gay man. Like how she was just like, he's another girl. I wasn't thinking about him. He's a girlfriend. Okay, Josh might be gay, but he's still a man and he's not a girl. Like that was pissing me off. I think I tweeted that a couple of times, but I do like the twins, but that definitely pissed me off. Like, come on, girl, get it together now. You got to know how to cut up with the gays and when the when the line is drawn. So uh, she needs to kind of get her gay cues together a little yeah, bit. She's got to get, get it together. Yeah. You know, I, I normally would not give somebody the benefit of the doubt with that. But the fact that they sort of split their time between being in America and being in Sri Lanka, like I almost feel like they 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 that they didn't know that that wasn't the right thing to say. What well, they know now. They know so, now. Yes. So, now so they moving, know. Moving forward, we'll give them a pass. Yes, now they got to stop. Now, now it's got to stop. Yes. All right. Let's take a question from uh, the great Ron from Toronto. Hi, Robin Bryce. It's Ron from Toronto. What has a better chance of happening? Jeremy winning Survivor this season or Reed getting two confessionals next week? Okay. <laughs> was that you a freak in the background? No, no. That's Ron from Toronto. I don't know what he was listening to when he was calling me. <laughs> Sounded like a jam. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like so was something good. Something good. All right. So what's more likely to happen? Jeremy wins Survivor or Reed gets two confessionals last week. <laughs> now, last week, Ron called in and he wanted to know what was more likely to happen. Julie would win Survivor or that Kelly would get one confessional this week. <laughs> and he was and it was the answer was Kelly. Kelly was more likely to have a confessional than Julie Wynn Survivor. So what's more likely to have happen? Reed now, get I, two. It's two confessionals. So, I mean, I love Reed, but I definitely am probably going to say it's more likely that Jeremy might win Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Only, and that's no shade, that's no side eye, that's no shade to Reed. But I am just thoroughly impressed by Jeremy playing the game. Like, Jeremy is really out there playing the game. I feel like he's a little bit of a hothead too much and he needs to kind of cool down on the temper. But I, I really think Jeremy has a great chance of winning the game or making it to like the final three. Okay. Yeah, the, the whole thing with Tribal Council bummed me out a little bit about Jeremy. What about it? When, I, I didn't like that he was call, that he called out Keith in front of everybody uh, and talked not, about how like, oh, hey, we could have had an alliance. You could have been in my sub-alliance. True. Now that was uncalled for and that's what I mean by his hothead but Keith tried it when he he set up Jeremy a little bit because I felt like y'all you know we came together the firefighters are us type of thing and mm -hmm. I was rooting for them I'm like yes we're gonna do that firefighter we're gonna climb that ladder we're gonna get to the end but Keith kind of fucked it up messed it up a little bit when he he blatantly kind of put Jeremy out there. And I kind of felt like at this point, Jeremy's got the pull over the tribe and Jeremy was able to sweep it under the rug and kind of turn it in on get West. But I do think Jeremy kind of bit his tongue a little bit at tribal uh, when he was like, we could have did the sub Alliance. And, uh, and he was like, well, that's not, I, I don't know nothing about that there. And Jeremy was like, well, we're Survivor. You need to know. So, <laughs> you know, he kind of got, you know, Jeremy schools him a little bit. But I think Jeremy left himself a little vulnerable after yeah. that. 
Did you like when when Natalie uh, did the impression <laughs> of Keith? She, you know, <laughs> Natalie got some purple pants points on that one. That was pretty funny. <laughs> she did. Uh, when she when she said, uh, "I'll tell you one thing, yeah. Jeremy's got that there idol." <laughs> Listen, and you know us country folk, they got to stick together over down down there. So yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> that was good. Uh, let's take a question from Daniel from New York. New York. Hey, Rob, this is Daniel Ehrenberg from New York. Uh, now, after last night's episode, there's been a lot of talk about how this, these might be the least knowledgeable players since the early days of Borneo. So I have a serious question for you. If someone was to bust out Dr. Sean Kenneth's alphabetical strategy this season, could they actually dominate this game? Thanks a lot. Bye. So, Bryce, (laughs) if somebody played by the Dr. Sean alphabet strategy, would they be having the best strategy of this whole season? I mean, it, 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 it would appear that that strategy might work because it doesn't seem like the strategy that's being shown, they're not working together too much. All right, so who's up first? Baylor? She, I would probably say were it Bella or Alec, wouldn't you say? Oh, Alec. Oh, yeah, come Alec. on. <laughs> you tried to catch me up no, real quick. I, no, I'm caught up. Uh, <laughs> he's Alec, and then you go to Baylor. Uh, and then it'd be Drew. Yeah, well, Drew's gone now. Oh, so. yeah, well, wait, you know. Uh, then who? And then it would be uh, probably a tie between Jeremy and Josh. It would be Jeremy and then Josh, right? Yeah, so it's a little bit of an upgrade for Missy to go by Muffin because she goes from MI to MMU. Is there anybody? <laughs> does she jump? Does she jump anybody? She would. Was she? I don't think that would help her. Like in her last marriages, it wouldn't help. <laughs> okay, it, it wouldn't help. However, you'd be screwed. Is, I would. Well, I, it would be like Kagiyan all over yes, again. Yes. It would be like Kagiyan all over again. But although I will no, say Alexis. this, no, Alexis. well, Ale- well, yeah, she, but you know, but either way, my my, my ranking would stay the same. I feel like it wouldn't help although- that much. Like 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 Muffin's marriage. Yeah, that wouldn't help at all. We we need to call Dr. Phil, get some counseling or something. Oh no! But although I feel like strategy wise. And strategic, they're not working together. What I do notice, or maybe just even from my tribe, Solana, that I can appreciate, I at least feel like everybody is playing, uh, like they're in it. They're playing. Like we don't have too many people that are just on the sideline trying to get drug along. I feel like everyone kind of has their own little thing. And as we can see from last tribal, uh, you know, everyone's doing their own thing. So at least they're playing. Kudos to them for that. So I, I like to see that. And Survivor. All right, let's take a question from Josh Spaulding. Let's talk about this tribal council. Hey, Rob. Josh Spaulding calling from New Hampshire. My question for you, uh, the title of tonight's episode, spoken by twenty number one, was <laughs> we're a hot mess. Has there ever been a tribe that's been more scattered than that? Uh, four different players getting votes in one tribal council and in a minority group overcoming that and winning, getting you know, Drew voted out. Um, anyways, I enjoy the podcast as always. Keep up the great work. Bye. All right. Have, have we had a tribe that's as much of a hot mess as this tribe uh, last night? Now, it's it's a little bit unfair to call them a complete hot mess. Like, well, they, they were a mess last night that they had been dominant in the challenges up until this point. 
Absolutely. Uh, yeah, they were doing pretty good, but they were a mess. But there have been a couple tribes that I could think of that were pretty hot messes and they were able to pull it out. So yes. I would have to say maybe what this tribe could be like is if we go back to Survivor Philippines, where you have the Tandang tribe, that was the mm-hmm. Mike Scoopin tribe. And they didn't go to tribal council once before the merge. And then they got to the merge and they were such a hot mess and they were trying to get each other out. And Mike Scoopin hates artists and RC hates everybody and they all hate RC and Abby Maria hates uh, Lisa Welchel. And and they were like the worst tribe after the merge and they had the numbers and they completely self-destructed. They absolutely fell apart. And that was the, that's the season where he like threw the the idol out or the clue to the idol and blamed it on RC for RC. RC. Abby went ham on RC for that one. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so that was that was a lot of uh, that was a real hot mess season. So uh, we'll see. Just because you did good in the challenges doesn't mean you're going to be able to be functional. It does not mean it at all. Okay. Let's go ahead and let's take another question. Uh, let's take one from Ben. Hey, Rob. This is Ben from Oklahoma. And I had a quick question. Which is more boring, watching an entire season of Big Brother with a house votes the same every time, or watching this last night's episode of Survivor where everyone <laughs> voted for someone different? Let me hear your thoughts. Bye. So what do you like better? Now, you watched Big Brother this summer, right? I, I did watch Big Brother. Hey, Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were a Frankie, you were Frankie Grande fan? I, I thought he was entertaining. I thought Frankie Grande was entertaining. A bit obnoxious at time, but I thought, you know, Frankie Grande was funny. Okay. Are you an Ariana Grande fan? Um, you know, I might be a Mariah Carey fan. Ooh, sorry. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's like, uh-oh. I like Ariana. Hey, Big Sean. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So, uh, now what's better? Where you had last season on Big Brother, you had a bunch of people who were kind of following somebody who was a really, really great player in Derek. Or in this season, it looks like you have a lot of people who nobody's really playing a great game. What's what's going to be more fun to watch? Do you want to see one person play a fantastic game and everybody else sort of just be also rans behind the one person who plays like a Hall of Fame type game? Or would you rather see a bunch of people who are all playing a average to poor game? So I'm probably going to have to go with I like seeing the people to average the poor game because I almost felt like with Big Brother, you kind of knew who was going out. Like everyone just, they followed the pecking order. At least here, when everyone's kind of just playing their own game, you really don't know how it's going to mesh up in the end. So to me, out of the two, I probably would enjoy Survivor a little bit more because Big Brother this summer was like a little bit like we just knew what was going to happen before it happened because you had the destroyers and they were, you know, taking everybody, (laughs) taking everybody out. Yes. So... I, I don't mind, you know, the mediocreness of uh, this tribe on Survivor, just because you don't know what's going to, ha- you don't know what the outcome's going to be, and you know your favorite character, your favorite personality might go home, or somebody that needs to go home, <clears throat> Drew, uh, they go home. So I don't know. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. We've seen this before on Survivor, where one player just is like super dominant, and that and that looks like when you know when Kim Sprodlin wins or when uh, Boston Rob wins, and you know while those guys are great players, it makes uh you know it's the last couple of weeks get really boring. Definitely, absolutely. 
I, I can definitely agree. I like a, you know, I like somebody like Sandra Diaz. She <laughs> the, keeps it interesting. Yes. Pull it out at the last, at the, the, the 10 yard line twice. Yes. yes. Uh, all right. Let's take one last voicemail. This is one is from Austin Thine. Question for Bryce. What's up, Bryce? Who's the freakiest freak of this season? <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a freak. Let's get freaky. Oh, we. Hey. I'm a freak. Hey. It has to be me. <laughs> That's not me either. Uh, mm, that, that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> your fans are calling in and, play, and playing your song over the, the phone. They are playing a freak. They're getting freaky. They're getting freaky all week. All Rob. week. What? All week. All they've week. been calling in. <laughs> Who's the freakiest freak of this season? So, but I, I don't know. That that's a hard one. <laughs> I might have to go with my boy Dale. <laughs> Dale? Why? Because his Twitter handle is at Farmboy69. <laughs> Listen, that's a freaky Twitter <laughs> handle. Okay. I think I'm gonna have to give my freaky the freaky star to Dale. <laughs> you never know what you never <laughs> Hey, this one's for you, Dale. <laughs> uh, shout out to Farm Boy 69. <laughs> oh my God. Is that Listen, what you were going to say? Is that <laughs> you never know. In the middle, Dale, you never know. Dale going to break some glasses apart and get it popping. Yeah, he's going to break his glasses all week. <laughs> all week. It doesn't have to be me, okay? <laughs> I don't even have to see. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, was it because his Twitter is Farmboy69? Was that really what you were going to say? Well, I mean, I, I when I saw that, I was like, that's pretty funny. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh wait, hold on, Bryce. I have a I have a correction. Uh, Dale's Twitter is not Farmboy69. That is. I have that wrong. I have that wrong. It is Farm Guy 69. Uh, 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 hey, Farm Guy 69. Shout out, my boy, Farm Guy 69. Hey, Dale. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All right. Shout out to Dale. All right. Uh, let's get into just talking about some of the other stuff going on in the world of Survivor. All right. Uh, so ha- birthday news. Uh, we've got Taylor Cotter and Mark Solera. They're going to be working uh, with me every single week on get. They're going to get freaky with me every week on getting me all of the Survivor news and social media. So uh, they've put together some Survivor birthdays uh, this week. And big news: Brandon Hance turned. 23 this week wow <laughs> now i i feel like brandon hans is older than me i that that's what i felt like too when i saw that i'm like he's only 23 i would i could have sworn he was like 26 when he was on survivor <laughs> yeah uh, it's not the years it's the mileage though he's it, he's lived like 30 lifetimes in 23 years definitely he's got like 36 tats <laughs> too <laughs> yes he has like three for every year he, he's putting them on there. I like Brandon though. Brandon's funny. He's unpredictable. Yes, we all like him. We we all we 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 like him. And when we when we kid, we do it. We are laughing with him. Yes, we are. Please clarify. That. Yes, yes. He's the, the most interesting man in the world, and we are interested and uh, admirers. Definitely. Yes. Yes. Uh, 
officially. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, all right. So uh, some some news. Also, uh, Johnny Fairplay's grandma, the infamous dead grandma, uh, is uh, actually not uh, is needs. Uh, Johnny Fairplay is asking for uh, your prayers because she uh, is undergoing some some major surgery right now. So wow. uh, our thoughts are with uh, Johnny Fairplay's grandma from Survivor Pearl Islands. Sending those prayers up for you. Yeah, sending prayers to Johnny to Johnny Fairplay's uh, grandmother. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult uh, news story to report when you're talking about Johnny Fairplay's dead grandma. That is, definitely is that is in in surgery. And uh, you and you hope all the all the best uh, for her. Uh, and who always she always did like that he did uh, tell the lie on Survivor. You gotta make it till you fake. You gotta make it till you fake it, or no? Yeah, That's she, wrong. Yeah. yeah. And she got a big kick out of it. And my grandmother would always say to me, "Oh, Johnny Fairplay at least talks about his grandmother." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, good, good stuff. Also, uh, some other celebrity or Survivor birthdays this week. The week that went by, Twyla, Terry Dietz, uh, Kenny from Gabon, and Russell Han- Russell Hans's birthday was also this week. Hey, Russell, Kenny, that's my boy, Kenny. You like Kenny? <laughs> I like Kenny. I wanted Kenny to go far. <laughs> that was the season. It's Kenny and Crystal, right? Yes, Gabon. Uh, oh, yes. Crystal and Kenny. Crystal was so funny. Do you remember when Crystal, uh, when she wrote, I forget who she was voting for, but she was like, thank you and good night. Like, she was <laughs> screaming. <laughs> Wow, she's kind. She's kind of a badass. She she's kind of a she's a self proclaimed badass. <laughs> so um, basically, I'm a badass. <laughs> and good night. <laughs> and good night. Yes. Okay. Uh, so uh, let's get into some of the tweets. Uh, also, oh, you always have great tweets. Uh, let's let's get into here and let's check in with some of your some of your survivor <laughs> castmates. Uh, Cass tweeted. Uh, that is how new players play. Love the chaos rooted in a lack of trust missing from returnee seasons. Let the newbies run amok. Hashtag survivor. <laughs> chaos cast for you. That's chaos cast. Um, Jatia, she tweeted this morning. Everybody is Thursday a.m. quarterbacking. If it worked, it would have been awesome. It's hashtag survivor. Go big or go home. Hashtag big move. Hashtag wrong time. Hashtag go Drew. <laughs> so Jatia is very pro Drew. Uh, maybe it's the fourth boot uh, alliance has to stick together. I think they have to stick together. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm still working on my, th- you know, my alliance with my recently third boot. You know? That's John Rocker. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We're in, we're in, in couples counseling. So. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Jatia liked the move for Drew Lith. Is there anything to like? Mm. Like, um, could anybody objectively like? But you know what? Drew actually did have a good point. Like, is that, how is she defending him? I, I mean, I, I guess it's because you know I I don't know what big moves <laughs> I'm <laughs> that. You, I, I'm trying to think. Well, I, I, I think it's the fourth boot alliance is what it is, um, because I just don't <laughs> understand his reasoning. You know, he wanted to get some of the dead weight, but I, I just felt like, you know, he just randomly targeted Kelly. It, it was I was confused about it. But, you know, those self-proclaimed badasses, they do what they want. So 
I, 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 that's just how I would have to explain it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so last night, Eliza and Sophie were talking on Twitter. Eliza said that uh, Keith's uh, cursory look around the well does not mean someone else has the idol. Uh, you're just not that smart. Uh, talking about Keith. Uh, and Sophie wrote back, uh, yeah, but then he found it and his accent swoon. So Sophie is, Sophie is uh, swooning over Keith's accent. He done got a nice little accent right there, you know, make, make the girls get excited for it. All right. So uh, w- would you like Keith's accent? Um, I might like Wes's accent. Wes's accent. Yeah. Wes was a good swimmer. He was. He see where he dove in that pool. Like he was out. Wes was not playing. Yeah, he was not playing around. Um, how about Lisey? Are you a fan of, of Lisey's music? Um, I, does, does she have a music video for one of them? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I think I've seen one. <laughs> yes. Uh-oh. <Lisey. laughs> no, have you, would you collaborate with her? I mean, I, we could definitely do a collab. <laughs> tidy whitey's little boy, tidy whitey's. Yeah. Tidy little boy. Uh-oh. <laughs> she, she could be a freak also. That, she, uh, could, she could. She could. We'll put a question mark on that. Yes. I don't, we don't want no tidy whitey. Her, though, her Twitter handle could be farmgirl69. That could be. Okay. Or farm gal. Farm gal69. Okay. I'm, I'm going to have to clean up her twe- tweets a little bit. Uh, so she tweeted, uh, damn, those taters. I clean that up. Uh, she says, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Can you can you read that again so I can just get a visualization again? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, those taters. You know who I'm talking about. Um, she also tweets, uh, love seeing the chicks hold their taters. LOL. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, uh, that's what uh, Lisey's watching the show for. Um, all right. So uh, Russell Hans, he had a lot of tweets last night. Uh, Russell Twance, Russell Hans tweeted, uh, that guy just clocked in at top five dumbest survivor of all times in my book. <laughs> Hashtag Drew. Uh, RT, if you agree. What do you think about people that put the R, uh, RT, if you agree, in, uh, in tweets? I don't know. I, I like the, is the RT, if you agree, favorite if you don't. Yes, yes, it's like the win-win. Yes. <laughs> So what just, was was this one of the top five uh, uh, dumbest survivors in, in, um, in Russell's book? What do you, what do you think? I would disagree. I don't think it was a top five move. Yeah, well, the bottom five. But maybe the bottom top five, five maybe bottom five maybe. But <laughs> there have been other dumber moves made on Survivor. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Uh, Russell says, uh, and calling the girls bitches never helps too much for a fan favorite. I prefer dumbass girl alliance. <laughs> well, that works too, Russell. <laughs> okay. Uh, Russell also tweeted, uh, <laughs> anyone know Kelly's Twitter? Uh-oh. <laughs> I, heard, I, I heard about Russell on Twitter. Yeah, Russell's, uh, <laughs> Russell is also a ladies' man on Twitter. Yes, yeah, Russell, Russell, <laughs> Russell gets the freak song too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, all right. So how about also Russell also said, uh, who would like to see me and Willie on at amazing race underscore CBS. 
I'm sleep. You're sleeping. <laughs> sleeping. Okay. I'm sleeping. All right. Um, here's some of the current survivors. The current survivors aren't allowed to talk about the show, but they do. Uh, they do tweet a little bit from now, uh, from here and there. Um, this is from uh, John, John, the John that's still in the game, little okay. John. Uh, he said, <laughs> "To the window." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, people who make negative assumptions based on a TV show that makes money on drama are likely on the lower end of the IQ spectrum. Hashtag my opinion. Is is he talking about me? I don't know, but for even responding to that, it's just like, whatever. Yes. Yes. Uh, also, uh, John Rocker from the, your fellow, (laughs) your fellow, uh, third boot club, my 30. (laughs) Yes. Uh, he says, uh, if my name was Larry, I would punch the balls off myself. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not here for John Rocker's tweets. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) <laughs> okay uh also uh let's see some of the other people from the uh from uh rob has a planet uh tweeted last night uh jessica Leese, uh my co-host on the amazing race for hap up she tweeted wow for daddy issues on this level i usually have to watch the bachelor <laughs> zing <laughs> ouch yes yes Okay. A shade. She threw a little shade. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, uh, Rahap recapper Amy, she tweeted, uh, don't let Drew manipulate your mind. Uh, you know you're still voting for at Spencer BGM for Mr. Survivor 2015. Drew- <laughs> Bryce, do you want to throw your, your campaign out there for why you should be Mr. Survivor 2015? I mean, I think it's, you already know how many survivors have given you the purple pants and a top 10 song on iTunes 40. I definitely, you know, I bring the drama. I was short lived, but the dot dot hmm speaks on for itself. Okay. Okay. So is Drew a contender? He is not, and I am sleep again. <laughs> so um, basically, I'm a badass. <laughs> he's the he's got the badass 2015 though self-proclaimed that's his award <laughs> <laughs> okay uh let's see uh Haley strong she tweeted uh looks like the firefire alliance is burnt up <laughs> definitely chicago fire <laughs> yes chicago fire <laughs> That okay. and I wanted that to go. I wanted them to work. I was excited. I was climbing ladders for them. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Matthew Forsyth uh, tweeted uh, this season single handedly <laughs> setting Survivor strategy back five years. <laughs> that was a good uh, Jeff Probes right there. <laughs> yeah, it's not much of an impression. I try to do a uh, try to just do the cadence. Okay, uh, let's see. Uh, Me- Megan Z, she tweeted, uh, John Kierhofer didn't know about true love until he found out what a grappling hook was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, and that is uh, the best of a uh, survivor on social media. Pretty funny. Yeah, it's very good. Oh, wait, hold on. Coach, okay. one, one last uh, note. Uh, Coach tweeted, uh, he says, uh, at least I'm one of still one of Jeff Probst's all-time favorites. Uh, and Coach and, and Jeff Probst tweeted, for sure you are. Nothing but love and respect. Hope you play again one day. I like that. I like Coach. Coach is a good player. I would love to play with Coach. You, you like Coach. You talked about him before. He said he, you played honesty and integrity. Definitely. Yes. 
You can use that against them. You can throw a little shady. You <laughs> won't even see it coming. And you can do yoga on the beach with them. <laughs> yeah, Coach Chi. Yes, Coach Chi. Okay. <laughs> Bryce, uh, fantastic job on the voicemails today. You, I, I think you lived up to, you, people had high expectations. I think you lived up to it. I hope I deliver. It was amazing. Thank you for even thinking of me. I, you know, I love the show. And I often, me and Spencer tweet about the show. So not tweet, but we'll text about the show. So it's funny that I'm actually on. I've reclaimed my throne on the shizzo. I'm back. You're back. You're back. I'm, well, anytime you want to come on, we'd love, love to have you. Uh, wh- how can people follow you on Twitter? I am available at Bryce Isaiah, B-R-I-C-E-I-Z-Y-A-H. Give me a follow. Uh, retweet if you like and favorite if you don't. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Bryce, do, do you want to give us a, a hashtag for this episode of, of the podcast? Uh, a hashtag. I don't know. It's a, I, this is a hard one. I mean, hashtag badass. <laughs> Bad, badass? Bad, purple pants badass. Purple pants badass. So um, basically, I'm a badass. <laughs> can you fit a badass into purple pants? You can. <laughs> you definitely can fit a badass. Figurative and literally speaking. Fantastic. All right. Well, Bryce, thanks again for coming on. Rob's amazing. Thank you. All right. Take care. All right. Dot, dot, dot. Hmm. Yes, that's right. There you have it. Bryce Isaiah Johnston. Great job on the podcast today. Very, very fun talking with him. A lot of fun talking with Eliza as well here on this week's episode of Rob Has a Podcast. Lots coming up here in uh, the next week. Working on a few special things uh, that I don't want to say yet because I don't want to jinx them, but going to have some some good stuff hopefully coming up soon for you guys. Here's what I can tell you about. Uh, we are going to have our Amazing Race for Hap Up show. That's going to be live on Friday nights, just like Survivor Know It Alls. We do that with Amazing Race 2 at 9.15 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday nights. Plus, uh, we are going to have our continuing coverage of Utopia for as long as it sticks around. And so uh, we're going to have a special guest fill-in host for Kurt Clark this week on the Utopia podcast. And then uh, next week, we'll get into everything coming up with Survivor. And, uh, you know, there was a reason why I wanted to talk about Coach at the end of the podcast there and his tweets with Jeff Probst because Coach will be our guest next week on Rob Has a Podcast. So that's going to be very, very fun to talk to the Dragon Slayer on his Rob Has a Podcast recap number four for Coach. So he's two is approaching the Five Timers Club, and he will now have done a recap episode of Rob Has a Podcast more times than he's been on Survivor. And maybe at some point, those two things will tie back up again. So that's going to be very, very fun talking with Coach. Anyway, thank you so much also to, also thanks to you guys who just signed up up to become a patron in the last week since the last show. Thank you guys very, very much. I greatly appreciate it. Hope you're enjoying your experience as a patron. We're getting ready for the next call-in patron show. That's going to be on Monday night, October 27th for the patrons. Very much looking forward to that. And one last thing, if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, check out my recaps on Sunday night of The Walking Dead Season 5 with Josh Wiggler. Having a lot of fun doing Walking dead live every sunday night 10 15 p.m eastern time 7 15 p.m pacific or you can always check it out in the archives on our scripted tv podcast site post show recaps 
Com. Lots of shows going on. Sons of Anarchy, Boardwalk Empire, Once Upon a Time. So covering a lot of scripted stuff over there. So have a great Friday and weekend, everybody. Let me know what you think in the comments. And we'll talk to you again soon. Man. Bye. Yeah.